Hey everyone, it's James. Before this episode gets started, I should let you know we were suffering from some technical issues early on. So for the first 10-15 minutes, uh, there's a bit of lag and a bit of glitching. Um, there's not much that can be done about it, unfortunately. But once we get that all sorted out, the rest of the show runs smoothly. So please bear with it. Um, it's a fantastic conversation, definitely worth sticking around till the end for. But yeah, the first 10-15 minutes, just a bit glitchy. So I thought I'd give you a heads up. Enjoy the show. This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by a sponsor, just like always. I am still, however, collaborating with Tyler Hansen and Harley Bronwyn to support their upcoming fan film, Scream the Fan Favourite. If you would like to support their project, please visit the Indiegogo campaign, or you can also learn more about the project by listening to episode 28 of the podcast. As little as $5 can make a huge difference, so please uh, give them a hand if you can. Enjoy the show. Welcome to I Was a Teenage Film Snob. I'm James Chalmers, your friendly neighbourhood film snob. And this is the final Halloween episode. October is at an end. And uh, we've got one more interview before we move back into, well, I don't know what November is going to bring, a bit of, bit of this, bit of that. But we have to end uh, with only a couple of days left until Halloween on a very spooky note. So, of course, I've brought back a, a listener favourite, one of the uh, most popular downloaded episode guests of all time. It is, of course, the wonderful Gabby Van Kylenberg. Hey. But when I spoke to Gabby leading up to this episode, she informed me she's not a huge fan of scary movies. I was like, well, well obviously I want you on because you're a great guest <laughs> and you're a great talker, but we need, we need someone to bring some, some power, some, some fandom of horror. And she informed me that her partner is a huge fan of horror and a huge movie fan and a bit of a fan of the show as well, which is obviously very nice to hear. Uh, so please welcome for the first time... Uh, Andre Bulsari. Hello. Welcome to the show, both of you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Oh, it's really good to have you back, Gabby. And uh, Andre, we only really just met a few minutes ago, so <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a, a fun ride. But um, yeah. So so Gabby, it's been a little while since we spoke, but obviously not a huge fan of horror films. But you've been giving a bit of a go lately. Is that right? Yeah. Well, when your partner, as you know. It's one of his favourite things. And when you're sort of like new into a relationship, we're not like brand new, but, you know, new enough that you're trying each other's hobbies and you're taking an interest into what the other person likes. Um, I've had to uh, dip my toe into the pool of horror movies. And I, to be fair, Andre's very patient with me because <laughs> I... There are so many caveats that I place onto watching a horror movie. For example, the light has to be on. Um, You know, I'm allowed to hide my eyes at least 30% of the time. (laughs) Um, I have always read the plot of the movie um, before watching it because I, I will still get scared, but at least I know what to expect. Like nothing's going to shock me so badly that I'll never sleep a wink again. Um, <laughs> and I have eased off that because Andre thinks that it's it's ruining the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's yeah, well, the, the first the first time we watched her, we watched the movie together, and she did hide for a fair chunk of the movie. It like like to me, it, it was kind of like you know reading reading about sixty percent of the percent of a book, and then just saying, oh yeah, it wasn't that great. Yeah, absolutely. What was the movie out of curiosity? Uh, it ends up on his list. Yeah. So we'll talk okay. About okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll save it for later. Um, look, my wife obviously not a huge fan of horror. Um, a few episodes ago, when I talked about movies that scared me most, um, we told a bit of a story and how she basically lied to me. Um, when we first started dating, that she liked monsters and horror, and I think it was more she liked the idea of it. Um, because I was like, oh great, well then we can watch all these movies. And halfway through, Hills Have Eyes, she was like, I'm done. And I wasn't sure whether she meant the movie or the relationship. Thankfully, we're still together. Uh, Maybe she just, you know, fluffed the truth a little bit because she had a crush on you. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely. It does sound cool. I mean, look, I definitely lied about, you know, I didn't tell her I was a picky eater. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll eat anything. And that's far from the truth. So we all, you know, put our best version of ourselves and forward. You made her famous Brussels sprouts salad and you were like um i'm done <laughs> <laughs> exactly but um but at least you're giving it a go and now that i understand what tina does and doesn't like i can i can recommend things for her and that'll happen with you as you venture more into horror and stuff and andre understands more about what you like um like i just said to tina before we start i was like hey you know halloween's on monday we're gonna watch a, a, a halloween movie and she put together a list and there are some horrors on there which i was really impressed with so well good uh, we'll probably end up watching, you know, something that's less of a horror film, more of just like a, a fun movie. But that's okay. It's not about being scared. It's just about, you know, getting in the mood of and the season of it all. That's it. Um, now, Andre, as I said, we haven't really spoken much, but obviously uh, a, a big f- film fan. When did it start for you? Um, well, the I, I guess my earliest re- re- recollection would just be old school Disney movies on VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember we had, um, that, that's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, which one was that one? Sorry. It literally cut out when you gave away the title. Uh, Aladdin. Oh, perfect. That's one of my earliest films as well. Aladdin. So it's so good. It's so good. And you can't go wrong with, with Robin Williams. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, and then, you know, eventually we, we, um, Upgraded to a newfangled DVD player, you know, with the CDs and stuff. No, no more of this, uh, you know, rewinding the tape back and whatever. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, but yeah, like I've always, like uh, I've always been a massive fan of movies. Um, for for me, what really makes a makes a great movie, a lot of it comes down to the music. Yes, yes. Um, to really like to really like grip you. Um, and you know, it gets, it gets your skin crawling and it travels up your spine. Um, and, and sometimes I'll just go go on YouTube just to, just to rewatch certain scenes of music because they, because like the music is just fantastic. And I'm just like staring an inch away from my screen, just like, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, absolutely. Like obviously it all, it all comes together. I'm, I'm, a big uh, film score nerd. So like I remember when I used to work at JB um, all these years ago, I would, um, one of my first jobs was just sitting in the stock room wrapping DVDs and I would just have my iPod plugged in and I would just play film scores. And my boss, who's still a dear friend to this day, would just rip on me constantly, calling me a nerd and stuff <laughs> like that. And I was like, what? Like, 
yeah, I'm going to listen to the entire score of Daredevil season one. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. And you can call me a nerd, but I'm digging it. Like, um, I remember one of the first scores I think I think I bought was Sin City because just so like groove driven and like funky, but also like dark and and twisted. And um, that was one of the first ones I was like, wow, this is this is awesome. I just love the way this makes me feel. There are certainly worse things to listen to than a movie score. Yeah, like a, a little show called I Was a Teenage Film Stop. I think I really fell in love with, with movie music and I know this is going to sound cliche, but Lord of the Rings, man. Yes, um, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> Uh, wrong. Yeah, like, like I still find myself um, like looking up the score on on, on Spotify today and just listening. And oh, I, it, it, it's weird because I kind of I kind of feel creepy when I'm just like swaying my head in the car. Um, and, <laughs> like, and I'll just get a traffic light. And I'm sure the person next to me would be thinking, "What the hell is he listening to?" <laughs> I mean, as a guy who has like a terrible hatchback at the age of eighteen, would just crank metal tunes out out open windows. Um, there's no judgment here. <laughs> Andre still does that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do as well. Like whenever I get the car to myself, I'm like, all right, time to relive the glory days. <laughs> yeah. um, that Lord of the Rings score is genius. Like the the um the ring race theme is just oh perfect. But um, my my favorite wouldn't will probably just just be the Shire one. Um, I, I forget what it's actually called. I don't know if it's actually just called the Shire. But but even in the movie when you see Gandalf um um I don't know and like entering the Shire on his on his wagon. Yeah, um, yeah. I can. It's got it's got that um it's got that beautiful what I think would be a flute um as as um as the main as the main theme. It's just it's just a beautiful tune. It's very whimsical, which is what you want for that setting, yeah. you know, with, um, you know, he, as you said, him riding in on the cart and then, you know, obviously Frodo showing up and him firing off the little fireworks and stuff for the little hobbits and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everything's yeah. so hopeful and nice. Mm. Yeah. Cut to like 10 minutes <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, I think that was Howard Shaw, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, who, you don't hear people talk about that much anymore. Obviously, Zimmer gets a lot of love and... Uh, yeah, and, and uh, Michael Giacchino now, who's done a few superhero ones. He did the Batman, he did um, a couple of Spider-Man films and stuff. They're getting a lot more attention. And John Williams, obviously a classic, but Howard Shaw, like, you can't discount him. That score is wonderful. Oh, it's iconic, and it's it's funny that you mention it because like um, Andre saying that he like the music makes the movie for him. I am very much similar, and when we first started talking. Um, I mentioned that I had gone to see Hans Zimmer um, for my birthday and he actually had gone as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Like we didn't know each other at the time because I think it was 2019. Mm. Um, but I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I found my people. <laughs> it's funny you said that because one of the first concert I ever went to, this is not film score, but it goes to my, I guess, like my kind of punk and emo roots, um, was – Green Day, supported by Jimmy Eat World and My Chemical Romance in 2005. Oh, what a dream. Yeah, 2005. And my wife was at the same show as really? well. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I remember like when I was talking to her, when we were talking about, like, about music and stuff, because clearly she was an emo girl. She had jet black hair and a bright red fringe. Like there was no mistaking. Uh, again, uh, <laughs> my own heart. Um, and we were, when we were striking up conversation at uni and stuff, I talked about that being my first show. And she's like, oh, I was at that show. I was like, were you? Because there were a couple. Like, I went on the very last show of the tour, like, you know, bragging, like a, yeah. like a douchebag. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, I was at that show. I was like, oh, cool. So um, 
That's crazy. So if that is the only thing you base your relationship on, you guys will be together forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, as long as there's more Hans Zimmer, then like then I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. There's uh there's actually a lot of similarities. First show at the same time, one really likes horror films, the other one is trying their best not to be too scared. Um, I'm saying I'm it. Saying it. Excellent. Are you uh, Sorry, you just cut out. Oh, I'm so yeah. The internet is being a little bit rough here, but we should be okay. Um, press on. Press on, indeed. Um, now, obviously, uh, Andre, you're a big horror fan. Um, yeah. So obviously, we'll try and steer away from the list for the time being. But where does the interest in horror begin for you, and what is it about the genre that you find oh, so appealing? It's like well more more recently um it, it's about it's about finding a movie to scare me you know mm. not not just jump scares but but that slow intense burn of really feeling terrified where you're like you know fetal position up up against up against the corner of the room and comfort. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> something to really really get under your skin and just like eyes like eyes wide open like oh my god Okay, freak. I, I love that. <laughs> I love that feeling. But um, but um, there's there is one particular movie that I that I will never be able to watch again. Well, like I'm sure, like I'm sure I I can now. But just to make a like as a point to myself, um, to never watch again because it scared me so much as a kid that I don't think I'd be able to go back to it. Oh, is and, what is um, it? Was that it movie real? would be the the grudge. Sorry, yeah, which the one? 2004, The Grudge. Oh, actually, I've actually never seen it. Oh, really? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> My only experience with that movie is through scary movie, like one of the scary movies. Um, so to me, like I always thought it was kind of funny because, like, they and that's actually where I've had a lot of introductions to horror movies is just seeing the spoof version on like the mm. scary movie. Um, and so then I'm like, oh, well, I know the storyline. I don't have to watch it now. I can somewhat relate to what people are talking about. But in that one, the um, Cindy, like, sees the grudge and then he starts saying, like, speaking in Japanese, but all he's doing is saying <laughs> Japanese, like, um, brand names, like like Toshiba, Kawasaki, and I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Scary Movie is one of those flicks that did ruin a lot of horror films for me for a while. Like, I, I loved those movies when I was a teenager. Um, but when I came to watching Scream for the first time, because I didn't watch that since my twenties, yeah, I was kind of like, "Oh, like scary movie ruined this for me." But yeah. then I rewatched Scream a couple of weeks ago, and the flick holds up and is terrifying. So I just had to give it some time to to get back to it. But um, scary movie does, uh, and those kind of spoof films do take some of the sting away. But now I'm very interested to watch The Grudge because I've never seen it, and knowing yeah. that it has such a profound effect. Um, but also, if you saw that when you were young, like 2004, I was. I'm a little bit older than the two of you. In 2004, I would have been 16, I think. Mm. So you guys would have been You're like yeah. nine. Yeah, like no wonder you're terrified. Yeah, like I can't remember exactly how and how, how young I was. Um, but like, but we rented it from from, from the local milk bar. Um, but back when they yes. still renting DVDs, and my friend. My, my friend Jay and I were, like, were watching it alone. Um, uh, again, I can't remember how young we were, but we were quite young. And, and you know, we thought, hey, let's watch a horror movie. Let's, you know, let's get the crap out of each other. But, like, yeah, yeah the, like the movie itself, um, the monster, that's what te- that's not what terrified me the most. <clears throat> it was at the end. After the credits, we were just talking. 
Um, and then all of a sudden the screen, the tape, the television screen went, went red. Right. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that that's just part of the ambiance of, of after the film to, to scare the viewers, but it terrified us. Yeah. Um, and it made like a loud screeching sound. So both Joe and I ran to the very end of the house, literally holding each other and shaking in terror. I'm just guessing we're about 13 or 14, holding butter knives, um, stare, <laughs> like staring, like staring like at the hallway, <laughs> like, you know, to try and defend ourselves on what could possibly come around the corner. And I'm, and I'm on the phone to my mum crying like my grandma, <laughs> she said what the hell is going on like we were in the home and the... oh god we i absolutely put her through the ring on that night and um <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's um it's interesting memory. you mentioned the the ambiance because you're right like i was thinking about this earlier today or it might have been yesterday even about when i go and see horror films in the cinema because i don't see a lot of horror films in the cinema i've always i mean it depends but i be, being very snobby when I was younger, I would steer clear a lot of them because a lot of them weren't very good. Um, or I felt that way at the time. But when you go to see a horror film in cinema, even though it should be the exact same experience as the end of the film, for some reason there is a almost sinister feeling about like they've set this up in a way to make me a lot more scared than I would be if I was watching this at home. Um, and that red screen at the end is definitely part of that. Can you guys Yeah, yeah. It, um... Yep, yep. We're just we're it sort of cut out there a little bit, so we got bits and pieces. Mm, oh yeah, I got a message on Zoom saying my internet connection is unstable, so we'll see how we go. Okay. Um, give me one second. All righty, we're back. We had a bit of a glitch there. The good old uh, internet letting me down, but it seems like it's fixed now. Fingers crossed. Um, but what I was saying was I'm in full agreement with you, Andre, where um, the ambiance is such a huge thing and just it's always seems to be different with horror. Like if I go and see any other film in the cinema or watch it you know, in a dark room at home, I have no problem. But the way it's set up just feels like there's something a bit more sinister going on. Yeah, yeah. well, I recently watched um, Smile with my friend Sean um, in, like, in the cinema. Um, and and um, look, it... It, like, it's got some horror elements and again you know it's got it's got like more horrific elements toward towards the end mm. but, but aside from that it's not your typical horror movie it's got some fantastic jump scares um but because they're few and far between um again that could also be because i was in the cinema and everything's very loud and like and much more in your face mm. um, which which definitely could have amped up the, the, the experience itself um, yeah, yeah. Seeing seeing something in like especially a horror movie in the cinema, um, yeah, very different can, compared to you know lying down in bed, half like half awake in front of your TV <laughs> in your bedroom. Yeah, and when you've got that cinema sound, like obviously they can play with um, depth perception as well. Like they can do yeah. kind of um, foley behind you know the right the right hand back corner, but then they're playing music from the front, and they can really kind of play with your surroundings as well. Yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but brilliant. Sorry, what was that, Gabby? Sorry, sorry. Just before you move on, I was going to say it's weird that you mentioned that because I was just thinking like it's kind of a double-edged sword because at home if you watch a horror movie, you like start off and you're comfortable so you feel safe Mm. but you've just watched something so scary then you're like, oh, my gosh, like can I even go outside this room? Like do do I have to turn on every single light as I walk past just to get a drink of water now because like something could pop out at me? Whereas if you go and watch a horror movie at the movies like it's 
terrifying, but like you exit in the and it's the middle of the day and it's sunny and then you can sort of detach and just do something else. So that's like, a really fascinating point. I like I've never thought about it out loud before, but you're absolutely right. If you watch a horror film in cinemas, with the exception of Hereditary, which geez, that that ruined me for a while. Oh, uh, but if you you're right, if you leave the cinema, you're like oh, and it's over. But if you're at home, especially watching it at night in bed, you're like. Well, this is where I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <there's nothing. laughs> like, cool. I'm. Uh, I should have invested in nappies because now I can't go to the bathroom. Mm. Yeah, I remember, and I think I talked about it um, a few weeks ago. I was talking about the movies that scared me, like The Descent and and Hills Have Eyes in particular, were ones that I watched at home. And I was like, well, I have to turn on every light just to walk three meters because at any point something could come out and get me <laughs> and I'm then, looking over my shoulder. And then, like, run like Napoleon Dynamite back to your room. Yeah. I mean, I run like him anyway. So <laughs> <in the> same. <laughs> same. But, um, but I, no, I don't have the same dance moves, unfortunately. Um, same. That's a, I've never thought about that before, but uh, I'm really impressed with that observation, Gabby. <laughs> like, it's a really good point. Yeah, look at you snobbing it up. Uh, Just we, I appreciate it. That's what we do here. Well, actually, I try to like everything. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but going back to Smile briefly, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had a chance to get out and watch it, but I've heard nothing but brilliant things about mm. it. And that trailer creeped me out. Um, that, like, I was like, I, was, I thought it was going to be a stupid film. I was like, this is like a stupid film. And then I just like that's it sounds dumb to say, but that smile is so haunting and unnerving because they just don't break their gaze. Yeah, and I'm just like, holy Christ! Like, I'm scared from a trailer. <laughs> you know, no, like, no, look, um, the like, um, without spoiling anything, the movie isn't what you think. Mm. Um, like I said, it's got some horror elements to it, but it's like what well, from what I gathered, it's not just a straight up horror movie. Um, it dealt like like it delves more into like into the human psyche of trauma. And oh, I love that. Uh, can that uh, and that's where it gets the name from, Smile, um, mm. because the whole point of the monster is like is trauma, and the movie really tries to tries to push forward the, the idea that it's not right to try and smile through everything and and trying to save face because because that means you don't deal with your problems. Um, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's really. Yeah, and then they turned that into in the, into a horror aspect, and like, and that's where essentially the. I don't know the the monster from from a film gets its power from. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah. I, I love that horror is becoming more cerebral, and not that it never was. Like, I love a, a mindless slasher where people just get hacked to bits and and all that sort of stuff. But I like this kind of new wave of horror films where they're they're they they're, yeah they're going a lot more into the mind, into the psyche, and playing with you know real world uh, problems and, and events and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even the last Halloween film, I haven't seen Halloween ends yet. I know people hated Halloween kills, but I loved it. And I loved it because it was a film about trauma. Like it's not a horror movie. It's a film that's like, Hey, you know, this guy, this, this shadow has been over your town for the last 40 years. You're going to have to deal with it or mm. you're just going to die. Like, so start dealing with your trauma. And I loved that. I haven't seen it, but yeah, it does sound like one that I'd, that would probably be more palatable to me. Like the idea of a slasher sounds like, okay, like I can just deal with it. It's just like there's a guy coming to kill you and he's a real person. So it's a bit like it's a bit less scary than, you know, something that could potentially be real but you can't see it with your own eyes type of thing. Mm. Um, Slashers are generally more fun. Like there yeah. are a few exceptions. Like the Halloween films 
probably aren't particularly fun. They're a bit, they probably lean into the horror more. But like your Friday the 13th, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, um, yeah. your Hatchet films, seems like they're a bit more silly, a bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't um, – from my from – my- from my recollection, I don't think I've ever actually seen um, any like any of the original Friday the 13th um, or Nightmare on Elm Street, but I have seen Freddy vs. Jason. Um, that was and, my first one I, as well. I love that movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like I watched that movie to death um, when, when I was an early teenager um, like, or, or whenever it came out um, because, because I, like, I, knew, I knew the two characters from the, from the movies even though I hadn't seen them, um, but, you know, they're, they're both horror movie icons. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, but yeah, but I was like, oh my God, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Like, and, and I just watched the crap out of it. And like, and I thought oh, it was just so much fun. It is as really underrated. People don't like, don't hold that film in much reverence because it is quite campy and silly, but that's what I wanted, you know, yeah. even though I wasn't even a fan of the franchise at that point, cause that was my first one as well. Um, I just, again, like the characters were so iconic. And I just love the character design of Jason. I'm like, well, I want to see him fight Freddy. Like, that's cool. Um, but that film is a lot of fun. There's, some weird stuff in it. There's some weird dialogue choices, some some slurs that you wouldn't be putting in films today. But yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a product of its time. Yeah, I mean, kind of. It was 2004. We should have been better than that in 2004, but or 2003, sorry. But uh, but it is, yeah, it's very much a 2000s film. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to go somewhere and I've completely lost my train of thought. Um, we were talking about slashes. Oh, no, what I was going to say is the only slasher that, does not look like fun at all, but apparently it's doing very well. It's the new Terrifier film. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. Oh, is that the one with the clown face? Yes. The famous... I can't, the one? It's this guy, and he looks like one of those, like, pantomime clowns, like, with the... It's, that like, a black face, but, like, white as well, and, like, a white sort of, um like, jumpsuit with a black hat or something, and he's got this really gross, scary smile. I would um, say the scariest movie clown I've seen in my life. Yeah, he looks fucking horrifying. Oh, sorry for swearing. Um, terrifying. You can swear, you can swear um, on the film. It's an yeah, show. It's right. Yeah, but I'm trying. I'm trying to be not swearing. Um, but yeah, he looks so scary, and I don't know why it's coming up on my suggested watches <laughs> because I've I don't know what I've done to deserve this, but it keeps <laughs> coming up, and I just keep seeing like little clips of the movie and like I keep seeing like you know people are passing out and vomiting watching and I'm like uh I don't know and then like I've seen somewhere like a description saying that it's it's such an intense build-up and like it's not so much that it's you know gory or anything like that but it's very spooky and I'm like yeah put that in the bin I don't want to I don't want to watch this on my Saturday get out of here I've seen the first one and the first one I found to be incredibly violent but not much substance they weren't really focusing on story where apparently this one they've really fixed that Um, but the first one like the final kill was basically a woman strung up naked upside down cut in half and yeah, it was full on, even like for, and this is pre kids for me, but even for me, I was like, oh, this is a bit full on. But apparently, this this new one cranks it up a notch. Um, so it doesn't look like a good time at the cinema, but apparently, it's quite a good movie. So I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to recall the movie. Um, it was, yeah, again, it was a, it was a slasher one as well. Um, I can't, I can't remember what it was called, but I remember one scene that really freaked me out. 
um, they cut they cut off they cut some dude in half and like and then stuck what like what looked to be like a mermaid fin on his bottom and then and then sewed it onto him. House of a Thousand Corpses. That's it. Thank you. Love House oh, of a Thousand Corpses. James is really good at guessing these things. Hmm. The other day, I you was know t- that's that's Dwight from The Office who gets the mermaid tail attached to him. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rain Wilson was in it. Well, I think Jim's prank went a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, James is really good at get, like guessing movie titles. Because the other day I was asking someone about their favorite horror fi- film, and she was describing it to me, but she couldn't remember what it was called. But it sounded like The Hills Have Eyes, and I, I then couldn't remember The Hills Have Eyes, but I could remember the plot entirely because I had seen that far too early in age. And um, I called James in as my resident movie genius, and he got it straight away. And it wasn't The Hills Have Eyes, it was something else. Yeah, but she says, she goes, no, it's the one we're in Tasmania. And I was like, oh, Dying Breed? And she's like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, like, if you ever if you ever forget the movie title, we know where to go. Mm. Most of the time. I mean, I did um, famously fail or get some questions wrong when Josh interviewed me about horror films a few months back. So, look, I don't have a perfect record, but yeah. I'm doing okay. No, that's okay. The only one I remember that you got wrong was Pet Cemetery, and yeah. I actually got that right, and I got a lot of the other ones wrong. But I felt like so elite. <laughs> I am, um, yeah. I hadn't seen Pet Cemetery at that point, so it sounded a lot like Poltergeist to me. But um, yeah. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Josh and I were talking about that last week, and I was just like, it's, it's such a bleak film. Dark, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the remake yet. I was thinking about it until I saw the original. I was like, oh. I don't need to live through another version of that. Like, I've got it's, a toddler. Like, <laughs> I've seen both of them and the newer one, it's just, it's very similar but it's, like, just new. So everything looks more real. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so, and uh, what's the guy from that show where he's, like, something, like, from Mars? It's, like, an older sitcom show. The Rock from the Sun? Yes. Um, John Lithgow? Yes, it's got him in it. He's the... Lord Farquaad from Shrek. Yes, oh, yes. He's the neighbour. Oh, great. Oh, um, he's that's that's a really cool casting. I, I like that a lot because Fred Glynn, who was the original um, neighbour, was um, Herman Munster. That's where he kind yes, of... Yes, yeah. And also the judge in My Cousin Vinny. But um, John Lithgow's a good pull. I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I just had to like really establish my cred after me. I got something wrong. <laughs> I was like, let me just drop all these references. <laughs> just just sprinkling them. Um, we should jump onto your lists. Um, I'm really excited to hear what you both got. Now, Gabby, obviously I know you a little bit, so I, I, I kind of have an idea of where you might be going, but Andre's going to be a complete surprise for me, so I'm really excited. But we'll go five to one. Now, did you go scariest films or just horror films that you like? I did um, films that scared me the most. Like, I did it in the same order as you did, so, like, in order that I watched them. Nice one. Yeah. And, um, and, I, did, um, and I did just, like, just horror movies that, that I like. That's fine. There's yeah. no rules in, in the show. Um, I set rules, but I break them constantly. <laughs> um, nice one. Well, Andre, you're the guest. You're the new one, the, the newest person to the table. So we might get, start with your number five. Um, so, so my number five, um, even though it's at the bottom of my list, um, um, it's still, it's still a, still a great movie for me. It's the Conjuring 2. Oh, wonderful. 
I actually have seen that. Really? <laughs> yes. How did you get what? How did you get through that? Oh, I did. It was very difficult, but I have seen that one. That is a great fluke. Has a, a the weirdest needle drop where they play London Calling by the Clash in the first like fifteen yeah. minutes, um, and I think this is the one where Patrick Wilson sings Elvis, which I was so out of place, but I loved it. Um, mm. Tell yeah. tell us all about Conjuring Two, Andre. Yeah, yeah. So um, so um, effectively, effectively, um, you start you start with uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren. Um, as as it being portrayed by Vera, um, I'm trying to remember her name Vera Famiga and yeah Vera Famiga yeah and and Patrick Wilson um, and they come like, and they come to the famous um uh, I think it's the Amityville haunting house yes that's yeah. right yeah um, to to you know investigate hauntings and stuff um and and the, ha- the house is essentially taken over taken over by, by an evil spirit like who's haunting the family and it's just like it's such a it's such a good horror movie um it's it, it feel it feels more like a slow burn than the first one um mm. the first conjuring movie but it's so well paced it's so well paced it really it almost plays like a drama yeah exactly um, because there's all the obviously um there's that romance story, and and Harley talked about this a few weeks ago because she put the first Conjuring on her list. It's that romance story of this husband and wife, but then obviously she's having these premonitions of herself dying, and you keep thinking that's where it's building to. Because mm. Jesus Christ, like why would they keep showing it happening unless it's going to happen? Um, introduces some pretty important uh, characters to the Conjuring universe. Obviously, the nun makes her debut, which yeah, you know, we we're talking about Art the Clown from Terrified as before, but the nun also <laughs> one of the Similar face, actually. Mm. It's that very um, rigid nose and those hollow eyes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like a real beak mm. of a nose. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this might sound really horrible about the actress. There's fireworks going outside, if you can hear that. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know why, but there's fireworks going on. Um, the actress who plays the nun looks very much, very similar to the nun herself in real life. I was like, oh. Well, that's going to haunt me. Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's really pretty. <laughs> she is. She is. She's, she is lovely to look at, but also like hauntingly beautiful. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but what the one thing they didn't do with the the franchise that I keep waiting for is there's an even scarier villain in Conjuring Two, and that's the is it the Crooked Man or the yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ? Like that oh. thing. <laughs> that's scary. Like, I remember, like, it's like he's sitting in the corner and, like, the breathing, it just, like, it made my chest feel heavy. And he's in, he shows up in, like, the tent, I think, if I remember correctly, and that gave me some really, really strong um, Sixth Sense vibes because there's that moment in Sixth Sense where Haley Joel Osment's under the covers and Misha Barton is terrifying (laughs) and it reminded me of that a lot. Um, now, mission to know, Andre, why? I mean, obviously, I don't know the rest of the list. Like the first Conjuring and maybe if Conjuring Three show up, I'm not sure. But why? Uh, why does two make the list over those ones, or why? Why particularly this film? Well, well, like I said, um, it's uh, it's the pacing of it's the pacing of the film, um, and and the like, and the twist ending at the end, um, where where you know throughout throughout the whole movie, you think and you think it's a particular spirit. Um, haunt, um, haunting the family, but but um, 
it shows at the end that there's actually another more sinister, more evil spirit um, controlling controlling another spirit mm. um, to, like, sort of, to sort of hide behind. Um, and that that scene where um, oh, I forget I forget where they are, but um, but, but they're, they're in the they're in the um, the Warren home, and and the paint and the painting that Ed had painted of the nun, um, just yep. like, the shadow of it travels around the room slowly until it until it finally gets the painting, and you can just see the eyes are, are just a little bit lit up, insinuating that like that's not the painting anymore; it's the actual nun. And I, <laughs> I was just like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, I'll be honest, like I'm just. Taking a couple of shallow breaths myself, so I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is terrifying. I forgot about that. <laughs> and the darker it gets outside, I mean, I will be honest, we are in a brightly lit room right now. <laughs> with the, the, the light is on and I there's also a candle. Um, but I know for a fact it's nearly 9 p.m. It's dark outside, so uh, I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> That's happened every time I've done a night recording of, of the Halloween stuff. It's been like that. Like, Tina and I ended the episode early. She doesn't know that I ended early. I think I told her afterwards. It's like I could tell see she was getting more and more scared just talking about the films. And happened again with Josh and Nick. I was like, all right, we're gonna wrap this up because it's getting too scary. I'm gonna have to watch some Simpsons or something to just feel feel okay to go to sleep. Yep. Um, we're probably gonna have to watch Star Wars or something. Oh, what a shame. No. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I have to watch I have to watch Spider-Man Far from, uh, No Way Home again. Damn it. Oh right. All right. Nah, damn it. <laughs> I think I've watched that flick three times this year and it's definitely coming up again in November for me. It's so good. <laughs> um, nice one. And now, have you obviously seen the con- the first two Conjuring films? I'm going to guess you've seen the third one. I haven't yet. I'm really slow. Have you gone into the other areas of the universe? Have you jumped to Annabelle? Have you gone to The Nun? Um, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen any of the Annabelle movies, um, mm-hmm. but but I did, I did kind of, well, not force Gabby, but like, like shown shown Gabby um the, the the insidious movies which which I don't think are part of the same universe but they're done by the same director by James Wan yes so yeah separate universes but James Wan is an absolute genius oh, like, so good. It, it, like every every yeah, franchise right. um Aquaman too as well and the first Aquaman yeah so he's doing both Aquaman films yeah uh, he, he yeah he did um so he started with Sword then he didn't uh Dead Silence, I want to say, which I haven't seen, but it's meant to be quite good. Oh yeah, I know Dead Silence. Got quite the, um, the Insidious franchise, which I haven't watched, but I've got the first Insidious film sitting there to watch, and I might be watching it on Halloween actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he did Conjuring. He did. Uh, he didn't do Annabelle. He did Fast and the Furious Seven. He did uh, Aquaman. He's done and Malignant last year, which was. Um, one of my favorite films of last year, actually. Millie was a very weird, strange film and very kind of corny in places, but I loved it. Um, Are him and Patrick Wilson like buds? These because like yeah. he's in a lot of his films. Yeah, he played Orm in Aquaman, and he's been yeah, in, he's in, right. yeah, he's been in a lot of um, James Wan's films. Not the Saw franchise, interestingly enough, um, but James Wan I think only did the first. He only did the first one. I thought he did the first two, but he might have just done the first one. Um, yeah. But he's kind of redefined the genre of horror mainly on his own over the last 15 years. Um, and, yeah, he just keeps playing uh, playing from strength to strength, which is great. Yeah, like I would I would have put the first Conjuring movie here instead. 
Um, but, but like I said, just for me personally, um, the, the pacing was better. The, the scares were, the scares were more intense. Um, a lot of it was just a bit more of a build up, um, mm. and 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 just the story itself um, with the uh, with the little girl um, essentially having to f- uh, frame herself on camera, um, um, so so the reporters would um would think that the whole thing is a fake one but she's doing it to protect her family yeah i think i agree with you i think i enjoy the first one more but I, the second one's definitely scarier yeah um that is a great way to start the list uh gabby what's number five on your list um so since we've been talking i've actually changed one of them but it's not the first one so that's okay that's fine um so the first one on my list is The Others um, with Nicole Kidman. I have never seen The Others because it looks very scary. It is scary. Like, so essentially um, it takes place, like, I think just past, um, well, like, during World War One, I, I think, um, where, you know, it's a, a, a wife and her two children in this massive house and the husband is away at war um, and that she gets these three um, servants, well, not servants, that's, I don't know, people to work in the house, I guess, and on the out um, in the gardens and stuff to help her with the house because it's so big. It's like a big estate home. Mm. And... Um, her two children are like really sensitive to light. So all the um, curtains have to be closed all the time and they're homeschooled Um, and they start noticing like the presence of like other people being there. Um, And like the children keep saying that they've interacted with a boy um, and like, or an old woman saying like, you know, this is their house, like we need to get out and stuff like that. And so um, the mum who's quite religious, she sort of like dismisses it at the start, but then she starts noticing things as well. Um, And like, I don't really want to spoil the whole thing, but the movie did come out in 2001. So it's, you know. It's a 21 year old film. It's old enough to drink in any country. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, you go through all these like scares and then, you know, the, the husband comes back, but then he leaves again. And so you're just like, well, hang on a minute. Like what, what's really going on? And you see the, like this, the mum's slow descent into madness of being like, well, hang on. Like, no, there's not ghosts where this is our house. Like who are these people? Oh, the kids are just sort of winding me up here. Um, and then the, um, she finds out that there's like, um, a cemetery sort of like linked to the house. She's like, I'll go to the um, groundskeeper. I'll go check if there's any kids by that name that are on the gravestones. Um, and then they come back and then, you know, she's the mum. She's like looking through um, this book and it's actually got, it's like a book of the dead or something. And it's got pictures of the three people she's just, she's hired, but like, their dead bodies um and it's because like from like 1840 something so like a hundred years ago Mm. and she's like you know this can't be real and you find out at the end that in fact 
the family are the others and a new family has moved in and they're the actual ghosts in the house. That's a great twist. And as you said, before you even got to it, I was like, I bet she's about to say that they're the, they're the ghosts. They're the others. It was like, and it was so suspenseful, the whole movie, like, you know, after about 30, 40 minutes of when the things start happening, my body was so tense. By the end of the movie, I had a headache because I had been clenching my teeth <laughs> so hard and, like, recoiling into my own body. And, I'll, you know, people give Nicole Kidman a bit of flack for seeming almost robotic a lot of the time, but she plays a wound-up white woman so well. <laughs> I, um, I was thinking about that. I, was, I saw a trailer for something that she's in. Um, like on an SBS series or something earlier this evening, and I was like, you know what? I really liked the Nicole Kidman. I never really gave her much of a thought when I was younger, but everything I've seen her in recent, like, she's she's great. Like, yeah, she's really good. I mean, like, you know, as as Australians, I feel like it's like almost the um, like you'd be un-Australian not to mention Australian actors or actresses and say how great they are. Um, and you know, we try and claim other like other countries actors as our own such as like Russell Crowe and stuff yeah (laughs) um but like you know she's she plays her role she's always very committed you know you can tell that she's really in her role you're not sort of like oh she's not very believable like in this role she you can see the descent into madness and when you find out like they're the actual ghosts you also find out like why that why they died and so it's like you can see her you can see that situation playing out with the character that she's playing Mm. so yeah that one was scary and like I think I watched that when uh, at at a you know girly sleepover when I was probably like 13 or something when oh, I definitely watching it. Oh yeah, you would have died. Yeah, so like and because my best friend, she also loves horror movies. And um, you know, when she started um dating her current partner, they've been together for nearly seven years. They went through all the horror movies on Netflix, all the horror movies on Stan, like all of the streaming services, just to see which one would scare them both the most. And so she used to do that to me when we were in high school and I would force her to watch a comedy afterwards because I couldn't sleep knowing that that was the last image in my head. So, yeah, that one was scary. That's a strong entry. I haven't seen it because it looks so scary. I always think about that moment in the trailer where she's approaching, is it the rocking chair or the crib or something? Yeah, like that. Just that image alone. Like I wish I hadn't said it now. Um, (laughs) But there's something about late 90s, early 2000s horror films. Like we were talking about The Sixth Sense just before and obviously the others, but yeah. then like even, even The Ring, like there's, I mean, obviously The Ring's a remake, so I understand it's an adaptation See, of a Japanese I stayed film. so far away from that because every everyone that I was at school with who had watched it when they certainly weren't supposed to, um, you know, they'd hidden it amongst the seven weeklies you're allowed to borrow from the DVD store. Mm. Um and their parents have, you know, sort of been a bit aloof when when paying. Um, I was like, no, everyone was at school talking about it and I'm like, no way, I'm not watching it, sorry. And they'd, like, try and tell me the story. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> that was one of those ones where I would have conversations because that was pre my interest in horror as well and my friends would kind of talk me through and 
it's interesting you talked before about how you'll often look up the plots of horror films just so you know what you're in for. Yeah. I've done that with films in the past and I feel like your imagination is always going to be worse than what's on the screen and often I've built films up to worse than they are. I, um, I have done that, yeah. But um, The Ring was one of those ones where it took me a long time to get around to watching. But then when I watched it, I was like, you know what, this actually isn't too bad. Like, um, again, it was parodied in, I think, Scary Movie 3, so that yeah, helped. that was the only time I ever got near it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, this seems like kind of interesting but not interesting enough for me to watch it. Yeah, like, interesting. I'm glad it exists, but I don't need to watch it. That's um, it. The others is as I haven't seen the others, but that is a strong entry. And like, even though it's going to terrify me, I think we have to go sit down and watch it now. Um, I, uh, I've watched other films you recommend. I finally sat down and watched Dead Poet Society. So maybe the others will be the Dead Poet Society of creepy films. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump back to Andre. I'd love to know what the next film on your list is. Alrighty, so so this is one that, that I think you've talked about before. Um, it's uh, Sinister with Ethan Hawke. <sighs> what a film. One mm. of the scariest films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I watched it, I, I think I watched it back in back in 2012 or maybe in 2013. Um, my, my friend Zach introduced me to it. Um, and and yeah, when, when I watched it at the time, um, being, you know, being... Like, uh, 10 years ago so um yeah 10 years ago um yeah it, <laughs> it scared the shit out of me yeah 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 it's a scary movie hmm. um now now i haven't seen it in a while um but but i still i still hold it as like an, as one of my favorite horror movies of all time um especially especially with ethan hawk like i know he's a main character and he's the one mostly on screen but he carries that film so well yes and that was his first real horror film, I think, as well. And now he's been doing so many things. Mm. That was kind of his gateway to horror. He just obviously the most recent one being The Black Phone, which I think I'm going to pick up tomorrow and, and watch. But um, That's a good movie. I've only heard good things. And it's yeah. the same director, Scott Derrickson, who did Sinister, also did Black Phone. So, oh, really? Yeah, so it's them, them reuniting. But, um, yeah, like obviously the, the, the snuff films are, are horrible. Yeah. Um, and the lawnmower one in particular is quite shocking. Oh. <laughs> But um, the thing that I think about the most is, is it the boy, is it the son's like hyperventilating or he's in a box or something or there's like a, I can't remember what it is, he's like sleepwalking and he's like struggling to breathe. There's something that happens in the middle of the night and the boy, maybe I'm getting confused with another film, but like it's really scary and I can't remember what it is now and now now I feel like I've lost everyone. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it, so you haven't lost me. I'm just in for the ride. There's a moment, and I feel like it's his son is like having like an asthma attack, or maybe, or maybe there's like a spirit walking through there. I can't remember what it was, but well, uh, well it's going downhill because, because, like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, so now I, <laughs> and, now, and now I can't even remember what you're talking about. No, that's, yeah, it could be another movie. I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah. I feel like it was sinister though, but I remember that being particularly scary. But um, just that opening shot of the family hanging is like holy Christ. Yeah, yeah, like um, like you know, like all the snuff, like the snuff films are just, you know, you like it's so weird because because you're what because as you're watching it, um, and 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 I think for I think for the snuff films they actually filmed them on, on Super Eight. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, to, to really get that feel, which I thought was very cool, but um, especially for the uh for for the um the pool one, which you know is aptly named Pool Party '66. 
um, which, which is just creepy within itself, where, where the family's tied to the chairs and they're just slowly dragged into the pool. And yes, like, it's, right. so, it's so weird because, like, you know, like not only is it just a movie, like, you know, there's nothing you can really do about it, but because just, just the essence of what a snuff film is, it's just very disturbing. Yeah, they're all. I'm, I, I only remember those three. I remember the, the the hanging one on the tree. I remember the pool one. I remember the the um the lawnmower one. Obviously, I don't think anyone's forgotten the lawnmower ever since they've seen that movie. But yeah. I can't remember what the other two are. But I just remember, yeah, they're very realistic and very haunting, and just feels like you're watching something that you shouldn't be watching. Exactly. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is the genius of the film. It's like, hey, we're gonna. It's gonna feel real. It's gonna feel. Like you probably shouldn't be seeing this. And I think that's what makes it so scary because, you know, you can throw in a bunch of jump scares, you can put on some crazy makeup and, and costumes and stuff, but the use of the Super 8 is just it's that next level. We're like, oh, well, I mean, obviously I'm a bit too young to be have used Super 8 in my time, but I've done VCR filming before and it's very similar. And so that has that hint of realism where you just kind of yeah. like, oh, this is touching a nerve I wasn't expecting <laughs> from, a, from a film. Yeah. It's it, like it's kind of like um it's kind of like hereditary like in the sense that it just makes you so uncomfortable, man. <laughs> like, yes. Like, like um, but like in my in my opinion, Sinister is scarier than than Hereditary. I would um, agree. But I would um, absolutely agree. Yeah. Like oh, you just don't feel okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I would I would one hundred percent agree with you. Sinister is probably one of the scariest films I've seen in my life. Hereditary is bleak and unsettling and makes mm. you wish that the world was a happier place. But Sinister is flat out scary, especially with that twist at the end. And obviously, like as a parent now, I'm just like, all right, I love you and yeah. you'll never kill me or your mother. Please. <laughs> that would be a horrible twist. Um, that's a really good pick. Puck has always been like, oh, no. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hey, James, uh, does, your, does your tea taste a little bit weird or like? Yeah, exactly. I'm just, yeah. Oh, good thing I didn't drink hot drinks, so we'll. Um, yeah. Keep uh, your cordial locked away. Yeah. yeah, it's on the top shelf she can't reach. There's some top <laughs> shelf cordial. And, uh, and you might, might want to throw out your lawnmower if you have one, but, you know. Yeah, I've, we have two now. So, oh, um, <laughs> so if we have another child, geez, we're... Uh, They'll, they'll attack us from both ends, which would be yep. very frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you know, the show had to come to an end at some point, and if it's at the grisly hands of my daughter, then I guess, you know, that's that's a way to go. <laughs> oh, that's unsettling. Uh, Gabby, let's move on to another film, and hopefully it's not as, as upsetting. <laughs> uh, it probably won't be, because I don't think it's highly regarded by a lot of, you know, ho- horror lovers. Um, but my number four is House of Wax. The Paris Hilton one? Yes. That is an underrated flick. I like House of Wax. See, I, yeah, like the concept to me was just scary because it's like it's like those films like um, The Hills Have Eyes, even like Wolf Creek where you get stranded and you need help and the person who acts like they're going to help you is actually a baddie. So, like, the idea of something like that happening where I think they're on the way to a football game or something, mm. and of course, you know, in any sort of early 2000s teen-centred horror or I don't think they're teens, I think they're just they're in college, maybe they're or 
end of high school. And of course they're all attractive. Um, it is a very pretty film. You've got Chad Michael Murray, Jared Padalecki, Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton. Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, a bunch of hot people wind up, you know, in a, in a problem and they have to, you know, camp overnight because I think something happens to the car and then, they meet these like hillbillies that have like uh, a lot of roadkill in the back of their truck. Mm. And then they're like, oh, you have to come into town to get the part for your car. And the town looks really deserted. And then they're in there and they're like, oh, we've got a famous wax museum. And then like one by one, they start getting picked off. And like, I think at the time, you know, they did such like wild marketing for it um, because so many horror fans were like infuriated that they cast Paris Hilton in a movie um, that a lot of their marketing was like, see Paris die on like it was coming out. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, like you would never market a film like that. You could never get away with doing something like that. And the way that she dies is so brutal. Yeah, straight on the pole? Is that what it is? Yeah, like I think it goes straight through her eye and her head like slides down the the pole. It is like you just, your whole body cringes. It's, It's nuts. And then like, you know, I think it's, I think, yeah, Jared Padalecki, like, he's, like, frozen as a wax statue. I was about to and say his this. Eyes, his eyes are moving and so, like, they realise it's him and then, like, they go to pick the wax off and his skin comes off. Yes, I was, that, oh. I was about to say, like, that moment, uh, there are two moments from that film that stick with three, the Paris Hilton death, obviously, um, quite brutal, the peeling of the face and then Alicia Cuthbert puts her finger through a metal grate. Oh, yes. And the guy bends down and clips the tip of her finger off. off. Yeah. Like, yeah. holy Christ. Yeah. Um, it is a fun – I mean, I haven't seen this film in probably 15 years. Um, probably the last time I saw it was maybe when it came out on DVD. But um, I remember really loving that film. I haven't seen the Vincent Price original, which I'm sure a lot of people will get angry about. Um, but um, it came out around the same time as that Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. And, yeah. again, like – kind of move that was kind of the new trend so moving away from the ring and the others and sixth sense and then going to this more kind of slasher mystery gore fest like you had mm-hmm. texas chainsaw uh, remake you had house of wax um paris hilton by the way not a bad actress no like you know she's not going to win an oscar like for that movie but totally fine went on to star in one of my favorite horror films of all time a highly reviled movie called repo the genetic opera it's a it's a musical horror film and she's great in it um yeah, like I I think people like she was just at the time one of those celebrities that uh I'm not gonna say middle-aged, but like um I'm oh, sorry, I have a kitten trying to enter the room. I closed the door because I didn't <laughs> want my dad's love. Is that Wilbur? It is Wilbur. Come on in, buddy. Poor little guy. Um but, yeah, so I think at the time, yeah, people just loved to hate her because, you know, she was rich and young and partying and getting into getting up to no good and just had this personality of being this, like, ditzy, dumb girl. But she made a whole entire business off of it, and I think pe- the people hated that. People hated that she was successful 
when, you know, she came from money, her whole family had money. She didn't have to, you know, quote unquote, work too hard for it, but she made an entire business out of it. And now in, even in her thirties, she's, I think think she's in her forties now. Well, yeah. Okay. She, yeah, she even could be, but now like, you know, she's an international DJ. Well, I think like this film came out, you know, this was, this is pre-prison Paris, um, but it's post sex tape. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it's right during the Simple Life era, which is a show that yes. irritated people. Yeah, um, because, I hated it. I loved it. Um, but yeah, and all like she also has I don't know if you've seen it, but she has a cooking show on Netflix, and she is <laughs> so legit- funny. <laughs> she's hilarious. Like she's got really good comedic timing. Like I um, no, I I like that House of Wax film quite a bit. It's you know it's not going to go down as like one of the best films of all time, but it's fine to be corny and silly. And as I said, it's got some really brutal stuff in it like it's pretty full-on yeah um, and you're actually making me really want to go back and watch it now um yeah I, I was <laughs> when I was thinking about it because I had another movie down and it'll be one of my honorable mentions but um Ooh, I love that you got that excellent but like I just thought this one is some one I could go back and watch and like still get scared by but actually enjoy um because like there's that sort of like mystery element to it and it's got that frustrating thing, um, which also happened in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I, it's interesting. I really could, like put those two films. I think they came out the same year, and I think I put them on the same kind of playing field a little bit. They do, do a lot of things. Like you do have like those kind of like hillbilly villains, yeah. Um, and you've got the people who you think are going to help them get out, but they actually make things worse for them and stuff. Like House of Wax is one of those films where like they keep almost escaping. You're like, no, just escape already. Like, yeah. come on, like, get, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> exactly. Um, I uh, No, I think that's a great film to, to put on there. And I never hear anyone talk about that movie. That's the thing, like, you talked about the advertising campaign before, how everyone was in an uproar. No one talks about that film anymore. And I actually think that's a shame. I think it's one that people should be talking about more. It's definitely a fun watch. Yep, I agree. So uh, you got no complaints from me. Um, let's uh if not that that would matter anyway <laughs> uh let's jump back to to andre Alrighty, so <clears throat> so this like this particular movie probably has my how to describe it um my favorite concept of a monster um when it comes to horror movies um because you know your typical horror movies deals with a lot of supernatural elements mm-hmm. and and so does this one but um um so this movie is called it follows from two yes oh i like your list yep sorry go on (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah um i love like i love the monster so much um so 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 essentially um um no matter where no matter where you are on earth um it'll just slowly come after you at at a walking pace, um, mm. you know, you know, disguised as different human beings, but but unless you've been afflicted by the monster, no one else can see it. Um, and it's just, it's such a that's that's such an eerie thing to think about because you know, I could I could fly like you know, I could fly to Paris um, and and think I'm safe, but all the while, well, whether it takes weeks, months, or years this thing is eventually going to catch up to me. Like, it, like it, it never stops. Granted, it's slow, but it, like, it's always going to be there. So the, the anxiety of, like, of you living with that kind of affliction will be constant and you, don't, and you won't know 
um, like where it is, uh, like or who it could possibly be, because because it because it essentially um, disguises itself as different people, aside from a naked man on the roof. But you know, <laughs> and it takes the idea of Michael Myers or Jason, um, which is already scary, like a slow moving monster who just keeps is relentless, but then it only makes them visible to you, and it's just like, geez, that's. Like that's that's full, and it can shape shift. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I always think of that scene on the beach. That's the one that always sticks with me the yeah. most. Yeah, uh, like that's so <laughs> full on and like stressful. Uh, have you seen it, Gabby? No, I haven't, and you're not making me want to. Get me to watch it tonight. Let's go. <laughs> it um, it's of the of the three that Andre's gone through so far, it's the least scary, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like it's it's haunting. Um, and the villain is basically an STD, a sexually transmitted demon. Yeah. Um, but um, it's it plays like an indie drama, like for the most part as well. So it's not, whilst it is haunting and, the, you know, the monster, the idea of the monster is quite scary, it's definitely an easier one to watch, I think, for most people. Like it's, yeah, it's not like constantly jump scares. It's not, it's a lot of it's in daylight. Like a lot of the film is is in broad daylight. It's not, you know, Okay. Shadows and around the corner, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like that's the thing. The more like the the main draw of the movie um, is like is just the anxiety of like of the monster itself. Like, um, like even even when when they're all sitting around a circle in the park and and um, the char- and the character I forget its name, but he's um he's also affiliated with the monster and, and he sees someone just randomly walking towards him and he's like, Hey, do you guys see that? You know? And it's only when, when the other, when the other people can see that person like, yeah, 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 we can see him. You know, it's that, it's just that constant anxiety of like, like, where is it? Where the hell is it going to come from? And I thought it was so. Like, I thought it was really smart for like for them um, near the end of the movie to to trap it in the pool um, to like, to try and to try and kill it because because I you know they can't really go to anyone. Like I mean, no no one else can see it. Yeah. Um, um, unless uh, unless you know you walk into a police station holding a bucket of paint and then waiting for it to like, waiting for it to come out and then you know whatever. But um. I actually would have liked, maybe not, I would have liked that if they had to use paint. Like that's not a bad idea. Like it's, it's basically the Invisible Man. Mm. Um, I, I do like that quite a bit, actually. That's a good idea. But um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and even and even shooting because they shoot it in the head like twice. Um, like or at least shoot it once on the beach and like and then one directly in the head um in the pool, and it stuns it. Um, but then just. <laughs> gets back up and just keeps walking man like it's just, yeah. <laughs> like like you know like marathon marathon runner of the century but um it's, it's, it's listened to um chumba wumba a few times <laughs> <laughs> um, and what what i like about it is you know we're talking about cerebral horror before and like horror getting to the psyche like this is absolutely a, a a story about paranoia like the idea of like what is what's real, what's not real, what can they see, what can't they see, like, and am I just going crazy? Um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it plays in the psyche quite well, and I love that about this film. Yeah, yeah, very much. And, and you know, the whole the concept of it is so weird how it's sexually transmitted, and and I don't, like, maybe I didn't get it in the film, but but when it kills people, does it essentially, like, screw them to death, or like, or are they actually killed? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't watched it in a little while. I think the last time I watched it was a few years back. Hmm. So I'm not quite sure either. 
But um, but I love like I love the fact that like that it's you know it's not some all powerful being um you know like, you know just to get into one of the characters' houses it you know it doesn't walk through the wall like it doesn't do anything like that like it breaks a window to get in. Yes, yeah, um, it's very like, it's tangible. Yeah, it's not far off human. Like it's not quite human. It can survive a gunshot to the head. Yeah, but it's not all powerful. Yeah, I do like that as well because I guess you know as much as I love the the modern slasher villains like you, I mean, they're not even modern anymore. They're from the eighties, but like, you know, your Freddy's, your Jason's, your Leatherfaces, I like them, but they've got quite a, a lifeline on them now. Like they're not like one and done. <laughs> um, whereas kind of giving this, giving a monster limitations, I think makes it more interesting. Mm. And, and, you know, after watching the movie, I found like, I found the next day, I was just thinking about, things of how you know of how to defeat the creature whether like whether that be um just digging a giant hole in the in the, in the middle in the middle of a field wait like waiting it waiting for it to essentially fall down the hole and then, and then just fill it up with concrete and leave it be you know? i mean that that'd be the way to go <laughs> yeah yeah. It's like, yeah yeah it it feels like less that's it's yeah, there's not, there's no stopping it, but you you can lock it up. Like if you can lock it up, then you know you can imprison it. That's the only way to really beat it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know we don't like we don't know if like if it can die. Um, they're just yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to, how to defeat it. But the only like um, unless you're living in an impenetrable castle, um, or like or being on the move constantly, it'll just it'll always always just be walking after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sucks. It's just, yeah, it's that yeah. relentless nature. But, or, you know, you can be like that guy at the start and just pass it on. Like, that's yeah. the other way to get rid of it. But then, like, if it gets, you know, if it gets who you pass on to, then it comes back for you and just, it's that reverse chain of events. It comes back to everyone who's ever been affected, which is also oh. quite terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah exactly. Like, you know, you could, well, well, like they were thinking, like in, like in the movie, they were going to pass it on to... Oh God! How do I, how do I say this? Um, um an, an escort. <clears throat> um, yes, essentially, yeah, because yeah, because they because they like have sex with a lot of people, so that would make a that would make quite a large chain. Um, but be, be, yeah, given like, given X amount of years, like like eventually it's gonna get back to you, like and and you and you just won't know. You could be walking down the street fifteen years from now with with your family and see a lovely elderly lady then just just walking towards you, none the wiser, and then you're dead. I mean, that would be a great sequel. Like you do it thirty years later, and now she's middle aged and she has to to reckon with it. Like I would. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just the new Halloween franchise. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, but that, that's essentially why it's on my list. Like, it, it's not a you know, it, it's got some horror elements, um, but just the mon- the concept of the monster is just really fantastic. Like, and I fell in love with it as soon as I watched it. No, it's a great flick, and again, like one that I never like at the time, everyone was talking about it, and then I've never heard anyone talk about it since. Hmm. Um, so I'm glad that people are still still checking that flick out because it's a good one. Um, yeah, this is a strong list. Um, Gabby, what are you gonna uh, what are you gonna add to the mix? Um, so my number three is Shudder, and that was in two thousand eight. Um, Another not... one I haven't seen. So this one is because based... it looks too scary. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think I think you'll be all right. Like I've seen it a couple times now and now it's more like there's a bit of mystery to it because I do, I like that aspect to it. This is the um, camera one, yeah? Is yeah, that- yeah. 
So um, basically what happens is like a newlywed couple moved to Japan and the husband's a photographer and like while driving I think to their house or where they're supposed to be going, um, they hit a girl um, while driving um, but they don't ever find a body. So it was like did that even happen? Like what's going on? Um, and well, that's, then, that's responsible of them. Yeah. Well, no, because like they, like she thinks, like the the wife, she thinks that she's hit a girl, and you know the police are called and everything, but there's no body anywhere. So they're like, okay. And then um, you know they get to the house, and the the guy starts his job, and and the wife sort of like doing touristy stuff, and she starts noticing like a blurred like figure in the photos that have been processed. That's terrifying. They're like, um, what's that? And so they go and see, um, like they ask about it to some of uh, his friends and they're saying that like it's sort of like in their culture that would sort of detect that maybe there's like a spirit or an entity around them. And so they go and, um, oh, and then, like, the husband starts saying he's, like, having shoulder pain and stuff. Um, and so they go to see a psychic and the psychic is, like, telling them what's going on. But the wife doesn't speak Japanese, but the husband does. And the husband's like, oh, no, like, he's a hack. Like, he's fake. Like, he's just lying. Um, so she's like, okay. And obviously, like, being the wife, she like, she doesn't feel like she's being helped. She doesn't feel mm. like, you know, this is solved. Um, so she goes to visit like the built, like the office building and where she like encounters a spirit and she learns that the girl who like the spirit is, was the same girl that they hit with the car, but she was already dead and the husband actually knew her. And so okay. when she's like, what the hell, to the husband, he admits that um, they used to date, but when her dad died, she got really clingy and so he dumped her. But, like, because she was so clingy, he had to have his friends help him dump her, which is like, okay, like, what a wiener. Um, well, we can get some midsummer vibes from that relationship. Yeah, and so they're <laughs> like, "What's what's going on here?" And so they're like, "Well, like, why is her spirit like haunting us? Like, we need to find her body." And so they go to her house and they find out that like her body's there, but it's like decayed and she committed suicide. Um, and while they're like, they see the body and they realize what's happened, like she's died. Her spirit actually kills like the two other friends. Um, and she then comes after the guy, but she stops. And so they're like, okay, like we need to leave Japan like this, like we need to get out of here. And so they go back to New York where they were from, but she's still like turning up in photos. Um, and she, um, the wife, she finds photos of Ben, which is the husband, him and his friends um like assaulting this girl um and that was their way of driving her away um and so she's like okay like no nah, I can't be with you like 
you know, and this was her, the, the spirit was actually just trying to warn her of the kind of guy that he is. And so she leaves him, but she's like, the spirit is still latched on to the husband. And like, he tries to like, get rid of her. He like even, um, electrocutes himself. Um, but it doesn't get rid of her. And so like the movie ends and he's like at the hospital being weighed and he weighs as much as like the weight of two people. And like you, like the movie sort of like the camera is like panning out and you see that like her spirit is like literally like attached to the back of him, like a backpack. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, That does sound really cool. It actually, yeah, it actually is really good. And like, um, obviously it's not like technically like an, an international film or anything like that, but I did like how there was like an element of a different culture in there. Um, mm. and like how, you know, they explored how, like what the spirit would mean and, and like the entity and stuff in their culture rather than just being like, Oh, we need to get ghost hunters here. Like, come on. Um, and like you could see that obviously the the husband was carrying around like such a guilty conscience too, as he should, because he's a baddie. Um, but yeah, like when I first watched that, I was terrified. And like every and this was like at the same age of like 2008, everyone took a digital camera everywhere. Like mm. everyone was getting a digital camera for their birthday to take random photos of like random things you just take it out when you go for walks with your friends like it was the age of myspace and every time someone shout took a out to photo of me that's it shout out to myspace uh every time someone took a photo of me i'd have to run and have a look to make sure that there was nothing in the background <laughs> and like even you know going on family trips my dad is one of those people who has to document everything every <laughs> sign we went past every like every little stop that would like come up on the drive it's like oh look out here like he'd want us to get out and take photos and when we got them developed we'd go through them and you know sometimes his thumb was in it sometimes it would be really blurry and I'm like oh my god there's a spirit (laughs) I um I I like the point you make about having an international setting because I think there's something really isolating about it because whilst you know you're around people if you don't speak the language, you don't understand the culture. Like it can be almost as scary as being by yourself. Well, that's it. Cause like, she's the wife. She doesn't speak like Japanese that well. So she'd know enough to be like, thank you. Hello. That kind of stuff, but not enough to carry a conversation, which is why early on in the movie, um, when the psychic's trying to tell her what's going on, the husband's like, Oh no, like he's a liar. Hmm. Um, and good cast, good to see uh, you know, Joshua Jackson uh, in, in something. And Rachel Taylor, obviously quite good as well. And then um, oh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, so I have to look it up again, otherwise I'm going to butcher it. But um, the uh, it's James Kyson. He's he's one of the Japanese men. Um, he yes. was in Heroes like years and years ago. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and also Roy from The Office, another Office alumni making oh, a debut. I think, yeah, well, I mean, it was quite popular at the time. What was, sorry? The like Office? The, the Office. Like, it wasn't long. It was sort of in the same sort of, like, five to ten year span. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, but you really sold me on it because I was like, I've seen like trailers of it and like and like even the even the poster scary. I'm just like, <laughs> sounds like such a wimp. Because I'm like, yeah. I love horror films. Every movie. Oh yeah, the poster is scary. Um, but that sounds really. Um, I don't think fun's the right word, but it sounds really fascinating. I really like. Um, the, the twist and and kind of the way it's approached, and it has a very ring-like feeling as well. Because in the ring, obviously, it was video footage where people's faces were getting um, kind of blurred and changed, and so it seems to be very much um, a theme of Japanese horror or, or, or Asian cinema, I should say, because I think the original Shutter was a Thai film. Well, yeah, I'm not like this may sa- sound completely off the wall but I have heard like in some cultures they they feel like when you take a picture like part of someone's soul you've captured it so Mm. like I mean whether or not that translates like directly or whether they may have found like an idea of some sort in that uh I wouldn't say folklore but like I wouldn't know what to call it but like a belief Mm. um you know, it does make for like a great idea because you can do so much with it. And because it resonates with a lot of people, you'd also elicit that response to of being like quite scared. No, absolutely. Um, that's a, that's another one I get to put on my list now. Like you've given me two that I want to watch now. So two that I previously was avoiding. And now I'm like, you know what? I can go ahead and give them a go. <laughs> if I can do it, so can you. Yeah, basically like, I'm like, well, Gabby, if Gabby can watch it, then clearly I can handle it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, did you have your eyes open the whole time? The second time I watched no, okay. it, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, even I still cover my eyes and stuff every now and then. I remember when I, the first time I watched the first Conjuring, I had to like, pull up like my phone and like I wasn't because I don't look at my phone during movies very often but it's more so I'm just going to look away and just kind of watch the other corner of my eye for this scene because I feel like there's a big jump scare coming and then the thing the conjuring does brilliantly and frustratingly is that there's almost no jump scares but it builds and builds and builds to what you think is going to be a jump scare and then just changes scenes I'm like oh you son of a bitch like <laughs> how dare you do that to me now I feel like I need a release and I'm just all tightly wound um that's a great film uh, from the sounds of it. I'm very, very keen to give it a go. We should jump back to Andre and see what the uh, his second last film on the list is. Alrighty. Um, so, so this one is a 2017 Netflix film called The Ritual. Oh, I've seen this one. Yep. It's another good film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going four for five. Um, and, and I've just realised that, hey, I haven't actually been describing the, the movies like on my list, so people who are listening are kind of just like, yeah, like thanks for talking about the movie, but you're actually going to describe it so I know what it's I'm a, It's into. a pretty common theme on this show where, like, we don't really like it, everyone does it differently. Even I'm just kind of like, and then this moment's cool, and this moment's cool, but we never really go into into too much detail. Um, is this the one with Dan Stevens? Dan Stevens, um, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. He's a he's a very handsome young man. I'm pretty sure it's Dan Stevens, and I feel like there's like a, a scene with a grinder. No, no. Like, again, I think I think we're talking about a different movie. Oh, is the ritual? Is it with Rafe Spall? And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. There are two Netflix films that came out around the same time. I see. Um, okay, I'm on board with you now. This one is also great. Um, I always think of the wine, the wine shop scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, yeah, it's 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 very intense. Um, and and what really what really gripped it 
gripped it for me was that was um when when you see Rafe um climbing to the top of the hill and and he's just trying to get a gauge on where they where they are in the woods and and um as it sort of zooming into to the tree line you don't notice it until it pulls away but, but you see a hand drop off the tree that's like five feet in the air you know so like it's a human hand as well so so you're trying to gather what the hell this thing is because that's a human hand but again it's so high up in the air that you're like ah that's not normal (laughs) but um yeah um (laughs) sorry like i'll I'll talk about the movie this time um so i was thinking of apostle that's what i was thinking of it's also a netflix horror film um, that's what I was. That's a great one. But sorry, let's get back to the ritual. Um, so, so yeah, it starts off with, with five friends that I, I, I presume are in London, um, and and they're all planning a trip to a hiking trip in Switzerland. And then, and the, then the main character again, and another one of the friends go, goes and goes into a one a, a, a bottle um, to to get some more alcohol, and the place is actually being robbed. Um, and then, and then the friend gets gets hit in the head really hard, and a main character is so struck in with fear that he hides and and he can't and he, again, he can't really do anything about it. Again, and then it cuts to the four remaining friends, including the, the main character, going on that hike through Switzerland, um, and that they make a memorial for, for their friends, um, and then. And then um, one of them falls into a hole in Hearst's leg. Now they're supposed to get to a lodge. Um, I, th- I think it's in. I think it's in two days' time. But um, but the friend who fell really hurt his leg. So so um, they opt to make a shortcut through through the dense forest instead of walking around it. Um, and as they make their way into the forest, they find they find a, essentially a bull strung up on top of the trees, like, like I'm quite, quite high in the air and gutted. And they see a lot of what looks like to be Nordic symbols everywhere around it. Um, so, so, you know, something weird's going on in the forest. Um, something is afoot. Correct. And mm. yeah. And, and they find, again, it starts to rain. Again, they, they happily come along a cabin where they can take shelter for the night. And up in the attic they find they find this really strange looking effigy um, that that looks like that looks like a human a human torso but like with an upside down deer head and antlers. Um, and and as they're sleeping, that they all have nightmares. Um, and and when they wake up they find one of the friends naked praying to this effigy but but in his sleep. Um, yeah, and, and a main character has been marked um, with, with a symbol across his chest. Um, that sounds scary. Yeah, and so, and so they, all, they all get a little freaked out um, and, and, and they start making their way through the forest like, and another night passes and the friend who was, who was, um, who was praying to the effigy um, gets, gets taken away by something in the night, something ginormous. Um, they can't quite spot what it is, but but it but whatever it is, it's huge, and they mm. find and they find him strung up in a tree as well. Um, I could I could be getting the characters mixed up, <clears throat> but but yeah. Um, and based then, on the based on my recollection, I think you're on track. I've only yeah. seen the movie once, um, but yeah, <clears throat> this sounds pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, and then um, and then and then uh, another an, Another friend gets and can gets taken away and also gutted. Um, 
then like all, all their supplies that they could have been taken. Now it's just, now it's just the main character and and the friend who hurt his leg. And like and his leg has gotten significantly worse. Like it, like it's hard for him to walk. And so and so they eventually start running. Like and they find their way to this small village um, with with um, like, like with other people essentially worshiping this creature, whatever it is. Um, and and the frag the friend with with a bum leg gets sacrificed, but but a main character gets spared because because of the marking on his chest. Um, and and what essentially what essentially the monster does is that people who have been through trauma, um, he he um, he gives he gives them long lasting life so long as you pray to this demigod or whatever it is um and and that's what these that's what these people like in this village have been doing essentially they're other hikers or like or other people that have lost their way and they and they've been through a lot of trauma in their life and and this monster take takes them in and gives them everlasting life um as long as this as long as they prayed to, to this creature and make sacrifices and yada yada um mm. yeah so so like eventually our main character breaks out and like, and, and he burns down the village and, like, and then, then the monster goes after him but i think that like at the end of the film you see him stand up to the monster um and you know you know yelling at like you know uh I'm trying to find the word like borderline howling and like and screeching like and at this giant creature um you know, like in, in a shock of bravery which was a stark contrast to him at the start of the film um, yeah it's a wonderful moment and I love that creature design like it's, oh, it's so, so cool. good. it's such a good looking creature just um it, and the film itself has very Blair Witch vibes mm. and I've kind of shared my opinion on the Blair Witch in previous episodes and I don't think it's a bad film I was at the time I watched it I think it was a bit late for me but this kind of it captures that same essence and really leans into the creep factor yeah um, yeah and um and you, you even see it when when he's trying to run out of the forest like and the creature the creature catches him it doesn't kill him he like it presses his head towards the ground um in into like a kneeling posture yes uh, yeah, yeah yeah you know it's just like like i don't want to kill you i like, like you know i want you to worship me um kind of kind of deal like you know surrender to me um, which uh, I can relate <laughs> to that. Which um, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> um, and yeah, which which is a complete 180, like and, and fantastic character and development from from the start of the film. Which he's which you know he like, he doesn't do anything to, to save to save his friend. He's cowering behind um and behind behind a shelf and like from two muggers for for him um, having to like having to overcome his fears and essentially face this godlike creature with an axe um, and and yeah like eventually like eventually he like he gets out of the forest and you know it has that classic um movie trope where you know you see a car and driving down the highway um, so so you presume that all is well afterwards you know, but, um, but yeah, I love, like, I love that movie from, from, from the monster design to the very slow build up to, to what you see. Um, and, and even, like, and, and even go, go as far as uh, I can, I like, guess the Nordic mythology towards it all, because, um, because I didn't, I did a fair amount of research like on, on the film, um, before and, um, and the monster like in the film is supposed to be a bastard son of Loki. Um, that that's why you see a lot of um, Nordic symbols in the film. 
That's uh, that's very cool. That's it. I I didn't know that. I and I like to do. I generally uh, hit up IMDb or like trivia pages once I finished a film and just like dive into the lore as well. But if I if I'd read that part, I'd completely forgotten it. But that's a very cool little detail. Um, and you're making me want to rewatch it. Um, oh, it's so great! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like even even the psychological stuff where where the monster is um is um sent is sending him back to to the like, to the bottle shop to and to kind of relive that moment um, where where you know hey you didn't you know you didn't protect me you didn't like, you know you weren't brave enough to to him overcoming that. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a it's a triumphing film um, in the end, and yeah, like I, like I fell in love with it. I remember really loving the editing. Like I think, and I think that scene you just talked about then is an example where you literally kind of pan from the forest into the bottle shop. So good. Um, just a, just a great little moment of editing. Like could have easily just cut to it, but instead, they're like, no, no, we're going to get the effort of doing this transition here. Yeah. Um, I remember the film being exhausting, and that's not a criticism, but just being like so relentlessly the group is so relentlessly unfortunate like just when you think things are going to get better like something else goes wrong yeah and i just remember by the end of the, like by the end of the film you're right you use the word triumph and that's absolutely correct because it's just like finally like this group gets a win like geez like it took all movie but finally like things might be okay um it's a great film and you've really sold me on rewatching because I haven't, I haven't checked that in a few years probably since it, it debuted on netflix so um that's a solid flick yeah, well, go get it again, my man. That's that's it. Oh, I, I, I was I'm going to watch it tonight. I've actually got a couple of things planned for tonight, but I will be watching <laughs> it again soon. Um, they got to do a hard copy so I can put it in my collection. Uh, Gabby, what is your second last movie on your list? Uh, so my second last movie uh, is Orphan. What a film! And interesting, the guy who directed Orphan also directed another film we just talked about before, which was Shutter. Um, oh, okay. And he directed the latest orphan film, and he did Black Adam, which is out in cinemas right now. Oh, really? Oh, see, I haven't, I haven't seen the new one. Um, because did it go straight to Paramount Plus? I think. Ah, oh, okay. Yes, uh, I haven't seen the new one, but it's I interesting because the new one's a prequel, and the woman who plays. Well, I don't want to spoil too much of it. We'll get to it. But the girl from the first one is a prequel, but now she's like 10 years older. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched Orphan for the first time this year, and I'm interrupting, so please tell me about Orphan. Oh, well, yeah, so basically it starts with like a couple. They've got um, a son and a daughter who is deaf and she's quite young, and they've had they've just suffered um, a stillbirth. Yes. Um, oh, the I relationship like... is quite strange, and yeah, like that, it, it's quite traumatic to ex- to experience something like that. Um, as a couple, you know, already having children, you're thinking, okay, I'm gonna, this is now going to be our family complete, and it didn't work out the way that everything had planned. So obviously, you know, that's quite sad and traumatic, and um, you know, they go and they say, okay, well, let's let's adopt a child then. Um, which I don't know if that I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's questionable move, but you know I guess try that they're trying to do something to repair a hole that's been left. And that um, opening scene, by the way, is so traumatic. Yeah, in the hospital, like like I mean, geez. yeah. So you know they go to this orphanage and and they 
um, are looking around at all these kids and all these kids are all, like, playing and having fun and there's this, like, one girl, like, in by herself, like, painting and so the wife, you know, sort of takes a little bit of a liking to her. The husband's like, oh, I don't know, and, you know, they end up taking her home and all seems to be well until it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, this little girl, it turns out to be a rat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, she starts being violent towards the other kids and, like, kids at school are bullying her and she, like, hurts that, hurts a girl really bad and yeah, doesn't she push one off a playground thing and breaks their yeah, arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I think that's what she does to the the bully at school, and um, you know she like kills a pigeon or something in front of the like the kids that she's living with, and um, so like the mum is getting a little bit like suspicious of her. And, you know, she's saying, oh, like, you, you know, you're being really naughty. And and so she confides in the dad and the dad's like, oh, you should do something nice for her, um, you know, so that she knows that you really do care about her and stuff like that. And so what she does is she goes and, cu- like, cuts these roses from their greenhouse and they are roses that the mum has specifically told her are, like, a tribute to their stillborn daughter, like the daughter that has died. Mm. They're, they're her special flowers. There's a, it's like a whole big, like, not a vase, like a big pot, and it has a plaque and everything. And she goes and cuts them, and it's like, oh, here I got these for you. And the mum just loses it. And mum mm. played by Vera Farmiga as well. Who we're talking yes, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, oh, same yeah. ideas in The Conjuring. And so she is like, what the hell? Like, how could you do this? And the dad, you know, whether he's intentionally um, ignorant, uh, he's just like, oh, no, like she's, she's just trying to be nice and, like, he takes the daughter's side and she just continues to pit the parents against each other until um, something happens where you know, the mom's questioning everything and she goes and tries to like look at this girl's history and um, one of the nuns from the orphanage like comes to tell them what what actually happened and then the little girl like kills her and like. Oh, and the caseworker as well. Yeah, like. yeah, the caseworker, yeah. So like it's building, it's building, it's building until you find out that this girl is not really from the orphanage that she says she is and like she's not everything is not as it seems and so the mom um you know the dad like keeps the kids and the mom's like out because she says that the daughter accuses the the mom of drinking and she's like a recovering alcoholic and yes i've just i'd forgotten about that scene but yeah that's yeah and so like obviously like this is a lot of tense things going on in that family already and then she's just pitting them all against each other um there's even a scene where, like, she, she like, nearly kills the deaf daughter. Like, she um, puts the handbrake down and the car's, like, rolling back into oncoming traffic. Like, it's just so... Yes, so, oh yeah, God. absolutely. Um, and same with, like, the son. Like, she, like, lights his... Um, the treehouse on fire? Yeah, so, like, lots of near misses for the kids. And then, like, um, you get to the part where... Um, 
you know, the mom's not in the house anymore and the daughter tries to like seduce the dad. So I was waiting for this part because one thing we have skirted around is how unbelievably horny this movie is. Yeah. Like it's like it's like terrifying and unnerving and violent, but like there's so much sex in this movie, like throughout. It's just like what's going? It's such a weird tone to walk. Yeah, because I think like with the parents, like that she's trying to like the mom. She's trying to make an effort to like. I don't know, rekindle their romance because they've just suffered such a trauma. And so, like, you know, I guess, mate, like, they're trying to place blame where there shouldn't be any blame. And so she's trying to fix things by, like, trying to initiate sex. And then, you and know. And doesn't, like, Esther, like, yeah, watch she, them? She watches them and then interrupts them. Yes. Um, in the kitchen. In the kitchen, yeah. And so it's like, Jesus Christ. So. You know, she's, like, trying to seduce the dad while the mom's out, and he's like, oh, what the hell? But, like, before he, like, stops it, he's like, you you see him sort of question it a little bit, and you're like, come on, pal. And then at the same time, the mom finds out that she's not a little girl, that she's actually a 33-year-old woman who's killed several people, Mm. and she realises her family's in danger, so she, like, rushes back and the one, like, the dad's cotton on to what's going on. Like, she kills him. And, like, it's, yeah, it's very intense up until the end where she's, like, you know, fighting and, like, they're running away from her and she tries to shoot her. And, like, the little girl who's deaf, she tries to shoot Esther, but she ends up shooting the ice that they're standing on. So they're both, like, underwater and at the end, what about that? Yeah, yeah. At the end, um, the mom's like scraping out of the uh, water, and um, Esther, like, instead of being like, you know, who she really is, she goes back to that like childlike voice and be like, "Oh, mommy, mommy, like, help me!" And she's like, "I'm not your mommy." Um. So yeah, it was a bit of a like a nail biter. But, again, it had that, like, mystery element that I kind of like, which made it a bit less scary for me um, and a bit more enjoyable because, like, I hate, like, this. that to me is a situation that's not very realistic. So it's like I Yeah, can, I, can, I would agree I'm with bit, that. <laughs> I'm a bit more comfortable with that rather than, like, you know, ghosts or something. Yeah, it's you're right. It's not a particularly scary film, but it is weird. Like, it's... <laughs> And it, it's, I just don't know who comes up with an idea like that. I know I've come with some weird ideas for stories in my time, but that's a really like <laughs> bizarre one. Um, and that's where the, the, I guess the horror lies is like, who, gee, it's just a, such a weird concept. Yeah. Like. But entertaining. Like it's it like, that's, it's, I would say it's, Fun still isn't the right word, but it's closer to fun. Like, it's a bit more of a, like, you can watch it with a group of people and kind of make fun of some of the stuff in it and have a good time with it. But at the same time, there's some really devastating trauma in there because it is surrounding the death of a child. Yeah, Um, and that that's, like, you know, whether you've experienced it yourself or know someone who has, like, even even if you've never dealt with that, like, you can't imagine the pain and the suffering that someone would have to deal with going through an experience like that. And so like it tugs on your heartstrings, you're trying to feel for the people involved. And then all this other stuff comes out about them. Like, you know, the mom being a recovering alcoholic and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, 
unfortunately, when people do have addiction issues, like it's quite easy for those on the outside looking in to pass judgment. So, yeah, lots going on. Um, but that one, it did scare me because I was just like so desperate for them to like get out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I remember when I watched it for the first time this year, and a friend of mine she recommends it. She goes, "Oh, look, that's a, that's a good one. You like it." Um, and I, I, I bought it on Blu-ray like years ago. I was just sitting there waiting to be watched. And I was like, oh, it's a good time to watch it. Um, no idea what it was about really. And, you know, I was still relatively, a relatively new father at this point. And that, yeah. again, I said that opening scene, but she was like, gee, like, you could have warned me. Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I've got a young daughter. You know, I had a wife who was pregnant only, you know, like two years ago. Like, you could have been like, hey, by the way, um, prepare to be traumatized the first five minutes. Um, yeah. Have you seen Orphan, Andre? Yes, yes, I have, but it, it was quite a while ago. Mm. Um, so, so as Gabby's talking about it, it's all coming back to me, and and again, it's all disturbing me once again. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, now that we talked about the twist, obviously, her being a 33 year old woman, I'm interested to see how they, what they do with the prequel, because yeah, they made it like 12 years later. But so, <laughs> I mean, she was quite. I don't think she was 33 when she played the role, but I am interested to see what they do with that and how they make it work. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. Um, we're at the pointy end. We're now at the top of both your lists. Um, I feel like I'm just going to get really scared because Andre has only picked scary movies. Yeah, uh, he's more of the, the scary one here. I'm more of the... But, but based on everything that's come before, I'm, I'm excited to know what it is. Um, Andre, what is the, the number one film in your, your horror list? Well, yeah. yeah well, this like this one is, like is is also one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, as a, as in terms of a horror movie, to me, it's terrifying. But it's also it's also a fantastic movie. Um, like whether like whether by design and just positive um, character development. But that's a uh, 2013's Mama. I have never seen Mama, but this is Guillermo del Toro. Correct. Okay, so I've never seen it, and it's one I think I used to always get it confused with the orphanage and orphan. Like those three all kind of came around at the same time. Mm. Um, well, don't uh, don't let me stop you. I can't wait to hear about Mama because yeah, I've never had a chance to see it. Well, um, the, the two main actors are like uh, Jessica Chadston and um, and uh, the guy the guy that plays um, Jamie Lannister on um, on Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones, Nicola uh, uh, yeah. Wal- Wal- Waldo Waldo. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nikolai Costa Waldo, I think. Yeah, I think you were yeah. on the right track there. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it it essentially starts off um, over the radio um, of of um, a man um, um, murdering his colleagues um, because because of a stock failure, um, and and he go, and he goes and grabs um, his two kids. And uh, and just starts driving into the and just starts driving to, to wherever. And the roads are really icy, it's snowy. Um, and again, and both these two little girls, uh, the oldest one is three, like, and, the, and the other one like, is only a year old. Um, eventually, the car crashes, um, and like, and they fall into the woods, and they find and they come across this random cabin in, in the snow. Um, Always a cabin in the snow. Now the dad's got a lot of a lot of mental issues, um, and you know he's he's in a panic. He's just murdered his colleagues, um, and and he he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't doesn't know what to do with himself. Um, 
that he has he has a gun um and and he essentially he's going to murder his daughters and then shoot himself um which which is really dark from from the get-go mm. um but as as he's telling the three-year-old to to turn around like i can face a window she she's saying um daddy that there's a woman out there and she's floating um but the dad doesn't see it. And as he's about to pull the trigger, you see him get grabbed from behind by something, um, something, like something, something humanoid, but B can't quite see it. And, and because I'm this three-year-old, her glasses fell off. You can see from her vision, but it's all blurry. All you can see is her dad getting ripped off the ground, his neck being snapped and then, and then thrown towards, like, and then thrown in the other room. Um, so these two, so these two little girls are still, are still trapped in this cabin in the woods, and then then out of the darkness, um, a, um, a cherry a cherry pops out and being rolled on the floor. Like the, and then he cuts the opening screens, where it's essentially children a child's drawing of what's happened over the years, um, where this something has been feeding these two kids, right? Um, and now that that cuts into years, like in, in, into the future, where the brother of well, the, the uncle of his two children, who he's playing by the same actor, he's supposed to be his twin brother, has been spending all his money looking for the two girls, and and his and um, his girlfriend, played by Jessica Chadstein, um, Chadstein, um, Chastain. Chastain. <laughs> um, um, is, I know who you're talking about. It's okay. Like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, is a is a rock and roll star. Um, she, she's in a band, and she makes it she makes it very clear that that she doesn't want children. Um, but yeah, eventually they find the kids um, um, in in the cabin, and over the years, because their development cycle has essentially been cut off, they they've turned into like little like little gremlins that they, they can't really speak. And you know, they're walking all fours. They're dirty. They're anorexic. They're malnourished. They're you know they've been surviving on cherries for the past X amount of years. Um, and they get, and they get taken and they get taken away to, to, you know, the modern world, like whatever, like away, away from the cabin. Um, now the oldest one was, was old enough to still keep some development of her speech and, and communication skills while the youngest one, like only being a year old is quite, comes across as quite vicious and, uh, and, and et cetera. Um, so, so both the uncle and, and his girlfriend are, are sort of thrust into looking after these two children. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's where the scary stuff comes in because whatever this apparition was has taken over the role of like of the mother of these two children and she doesn't want to let them go. She wants it back. Right. Mm. Um, so as the movie, as the movie progresses, um, the, the girlfriend who didn't want kids in in the first place slowly grows to to like the girls and, and try and become their protector, which really pisses off Mama, the ghost. Yep. Um, and, and, and you know the the um, uncle, the, the husband gets um get, gets locked into a coma, um, and and um, yeah, it's uh it's <laughs> like what terrifies me the most is like it's just a monster. Um, it's this horrifying ghostly apparition that has elongated limbs, um, hair, hair in front of her face. I'm like, it can, it can, the monster was done by, by um, Guillermo del Toro. Um, mm. So, so you really can't go wrong. Um, but, but it's, it's just so well shot. It's so terrifying. 
um, the way like the way that it just pants and it pants to different things. Like um, you can see a shot down the hallway um, on like on your right, closer to the camera. You see you see the two kids playing, which what you think is together, and then it, and then down the end of the hallway is is the girlfriend that's doing washing or something. And then briefly on our right, you can see like, you can see the two girls being lifted up in the air, but they're alone in the room, so they're being lifted up by something um, while while the girlfriend is is you know, still down the end of the hallway, none the wiser. Um, but as the story progresses, the the eldest one is realizing that you know, Mama um, is isn't isn't what she, like you know isn't what she's supposed to be. She's she's a monster. Um, oh, I just saw a picture of Mama, and that's going yeah. to be so, oh, no. Why did I do that to myself? Yeah. <laughs> why did you do that to yourself yeah. at ten o'clock at night? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna stop looking at photos. Okay. Let's... Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's the first horror movie that that I showed Gabby. I think. Yeah, because uh, we got into this thing of like, you know, what's your favorite movie? Like, let's watch each other's favorite movie, and mine was Gladiator. Um, which I've, I've discussed, um, or I have, I mean, I have a few, but Gladiator was, I think the reason why that came about is because we were talking about the Hans Zimmer thing. And I was like, what the hell? You've never seen it. And so we watched it and he was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And I'm like, well, I want to do the same thing for you and what's your favorite movie. And this was it. And this was where I was like, well, you barely watched it because I was hiding. Yeah. Her <laughs> yeah. No, that thing's, I just, I was just on IMDb and I'm like, they don't give away too many spoilers on IMDb. The photos will be right. And that mixed up face, just, oh my God, I can't get out of my head now. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, um, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, you know, I've, I've watched it, I've watched it like five times, like, and, and it still terrifies me. But, but, you know, aside, aside from it, aside from it being like a very scary horror movie, to me, it's just a fantastic movie in general. Um, it is a nice story. Like, if, if you take away, Mama. Like yeah. the aspect of how terrifying she looks and how like sinister as a character she is just because she is selfishly wants to keep them to herself and doesn't want them to, um, you know, grow up outside of her. And because she's had them so long, she sees them as her own. Um, you know, the development from when they first get the little girls and then, you know, the, the as um, the older one keeps growing and sort of starts noticing things and realizes actually I want to be, I want the girlfriend to be my mama or like not her mom, but like, you know, her mother figure and not this creature. Um, you know, there's quite a big development there. And even from Jessica Chastain's character, like you, at the start of the movie, she's very much like, I don't want kids. Like I'm happy with living my life the way that we've got it now. And she has this, essentially a problem thrust upon her mm. and she's got to deal with it because the the boyfriend is like working all the time and then he gets in the coma and then she's completely alone so like yeah it, it's a, it's actually a, a really nice story and like you know when you get to the end it's almost like quite sad yeah i um one thing I was just I was just been looking over your list and one thing that seems to be common in both your lists for the most part is that the central element of all these movies is family like with the exception of house of wax um and maybe it follows this is it's all all of your films really um follow the idea of like trauma and like families trying to stick together or endure suffering 
uh, yeah. which is it's it's fascinating to see it on one person's list, but to see it on both your lists. Um, and I was wrong. I thought it was Guillermo del Toro that directed the film. He produced it. It was Andy Machete who directed, who of course oh, did, that's right. who did the It films. Um, which seeing that face makes sense um, because <laughs> geez, he did some weird face work in that those It films as well. Um, it sounds wonderful. Like it sounds like a like yeah, it sounds like a really tragic film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that imagery is going to haunt me. I've got a. <laughs> Thank, thank goodness I've got some fun horror films scheduled for tonight. Go, go look at some memes or something. I'm going to watch Fright Night tonight, so that'll be right. Fright Night's fun. Even though, even though the movie is terrifying, um, I would I would so highly recommend it. Um, It'll be a daytime watch, you know? Yeah. Like, like serious, it'll yeah. be a daytime watch. Yeah, like, um, especially the child actors. Um, they're, oh, they're fantastic um, for, like, for them being so young. Like, and, and the movie doesn't it, – it's very much a show don't tell Um it like there's a lot of subtle aspects that like that, that it doesn't shove in your face. Um, that like you know even like even from you know Mama being a ghost, she's you know she's cold, she's a spirit, she can't you know she can't really hold you um, to, to 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 the girlfriend um, holding the youngest one and even and even um, you know um, like breathing on her breathing on her hand warmly because she's cold. You see the youngest one looking into the girlfriend's eyes and and experiencing something new because she was too young to, to remember her dad and she's never been held like this before and mm. um and you know it's like it's very comforting for her but yeah man it's like, like it, it's a beautiful story albeit fucking terrifying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah i would like i would really i would highly recommend it no it's going on the list i uh as i'm going to be picking up some movies tomorrow if mum is there it will get added to the cart absolutely um that is a strong sell um and i don't mind being terrified um i've been terrified before but um it does sound like the story the central story is quite good but um no that's that's a solid list that is a good good list thank you um and i'm sure you'll have some honorable mentions but we should wrap up gabby's list as well gabby what is your number one um mine has featured several times in the Halloween, the month of Halloween. So I don't really need to um, go on about it too much, but it is insidious. Um, and so, like, I feel like enough people have spoken about it that I don't really need to go into it too much. Um, but as you said, you know, you, you have that family element and, you know, family trying to work through something quite traumatic and scary together. Um, mm. And they have to work together. Otherwise, it's not, they're not going to come out of it. Um, but Andre showed me that a few weeks ago because I'd never seen it. <laughs> and, yes, we did have to follow the lights on rules and um, I didn't, He, I wasn't allowed to read the plot of this one, but um, there was some quite, like, serious jump scares in there for me. And I think, like, the build, building up of tension, like, just got to me even like there's um the scene with the that song that like uh, tiptoe yeah, oh that's tiptoe but uh the cover by tiny tim oh the <laughs> it's really unnecessarily like creepy um <laughs> and james can, wan just knows how to use music man i keep going yeah. to that scene in conjuring too like it's yeah. patrick wilson singing elvis like should not 
be in that movie, but it works so well. Yeah, right. yeah. and then like obviously that like devil face, like that. Oh, that's the one I keep so seeing. I'm just scary. like, geez, that's ter-. and like even the old woman again. I haven't watched the movie yet, but I've seen oh. the imagery. Well, yeah, like, I haven't seen this. Yeah, so. Oh. Um, I'm thinking I'm gonna watch it on Monday. I'm thinking maybe yeah. I'll watch it with the lights on on Monday. So yeah, it is. It is scary, but the concept is really cool, and the way that um, the like the sequels tie in, um, I think are great, and the characters are likable. You know the um, what's the lady's name? Rose Byrne. No, oh no, no, no. So that's the wife. Like she is, she's likable because she's like normal. You feel for her. I love um, Rose Byrne. Like we talked about Australian actresses before. Yeah, like she is exactly. my go-to. She's she's not only like you know like she was in Troy, she was in Insidious, she's in Bad Neighbors. Like she's she's got range. Um, she's in a, she's in a wonderful movie from two thousand and six. I want to say. 2005 called The Rage in Placid Lake. Um, not to be confused with the alligator film. Um, it's like a, it's like a comedy, it's like a dramedy starring her and Ben Lee. And okay, like the the singer. The singer Ben Lee, and he plays like the son of two hippies. I guess it's kind of like um, oh, what's the Michael J. Fox show? Um, but he's, he plays the son of two hippies, and he wants to be a businessman basically. Right. And Rose Burns his best friend, and she's like all kooky and stuff. But anyway. It's wonderful. It's a great little Aussie film, um, and Rose Byrne is just delightful in it. But um, are you talking about the older woman? Yeah, Elise was her name in the in the movie. But like, made she, by Lynn Shay. Yep. Yeah, she's so sweet, and like, she just like, you know, old people. You either love them or you hate, like they're either so lovely. They're always on one end of the spectrum they're all they're either really lovely and so cute and sweet and they want to help and and you want to spend all your time with them or they're a crank like they're grumpy and you just don't want to spend any time around them <laughs> and she is definitely the former and you know she tried like this is you know she's dedicated her whole life to, to helping people and you know she really inspires the family to to band together so you know I really like her and I um, there's also another Australian actor in it, and I can't remember his name, but he used to be on Thank God You're Here. Angus Sampson. Yes, him. He's great. When I saw him, I was like, oh, I know him. And then, like, just little tidbits of things that he would say would just, like, his accent would slightly pop out, and, like, it would just remind me of the things that he would say on Thank God You're Here, and he was so funny on that. So, like... Yeah, it like yes, it was terrifying, but I did think it was quite a good movie, um, and that's why it is numero uno. That um again, just another another really hard sell. Like that's a flick that I've been putting off for a long time. And originally, when the film came out, I was kind of like, ah, it just doesn't seem like my kind of thing. Um, just like paranormal activity, it kind of came yeah. all came out at that same. Like, ah, it's not really my kind of thing, but. Everyone is selling Insidious to me so hard, but I was like, right, I have to order it, um, which I have done now, and I yep. have to sit down and watch it. But everyone's also been like, it is quite scary, um, which James Wan does a really good job of making scary films without relying on too many tricks. Like, yeah, um, Insidious is rated M, um, mm-hmm. but is like meant to be terrifying. Conjuring is rated MA or, or R in the states, and simply because it's scary. Like, it's not violent. There's no cursing. Um, there's no like sex. It's just so scary. They had to rate it that high so that you know children wouldn't see it. Yeah, um, and that's a real that's a real testament to his his storytelling. I think. 
Definitely. I don't from memory, I don't think there's swearing in insidious. No, I don't think I, so. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, I mean same same sort of deal. I can let my dad watch it, that means. Yeah. His, yeah, his biggest fear is swearing. Um, <laughs> he's going dress up as the F word for Halloween. He won't ever do it, we just get him. So <laughs> really terrifying. I don't even know if he still listens to the show. If you do, Dad. Uh, well, I'm not sorry, but you know, just having having a laugh. Mate. It's just banter. Yeah, it's just the bants. Um, those are two really strong lists, I, and both of you very different, but also some very common themes, which I really like. Um, and uh, yeah, that's and a lot of um, a lot of ghosts and uh, and spirits, which is part of the rules. I think I've said on the show before. The rule for my wife is no children, no mirrors, no ghosts. Yeah. Um, anything else is pretty much you know you can watch anything else, but yeah. Um, those are all quite scary, um, which I wasn't expecting from you, Gabby. I was expecting from Andre because you said that he was quite into, into horror. <laughs> you're, you're expecting Scooby-Doo, uh, Spooky Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was thinking, um, I was expecting, I guess, something that was maybe a bit more tame or kind of like um, more fun movies. But like with the exception of House of Wax, like you don't have any fun movies on there. They are all legitimately terrifying. Like they did really sit with me. I mean, like, I mean, I'll just like throw out the honorable honorable mentions. That yeah, hit me with those. So, fourteen oh eight was um, one of them. That's uh, uh, what's his name? John uh, Cusack. That's the one. I was going to say yeah. Nick for some reason, but yeah, John Cusack. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but it that one's meant to be quite terrifying. That it's just so uncomfortable, and like you sort of are positioned almost not to like him at the start. And then you start feeling sorry for him and then you're really, like, rooting for him. So, like, that one, that one's quite good. And I saw that one when I was, like, way too young to see it too. So that one really, you know, scared the crap out of me. And then Wolf Creek. Now, I know it's not, like, it's not scary as in, like, ooh, scary, but because it's, like, It's it's loosely based on, like, a real thing, um, it terrified me because you, similarly to how you said the thing with um, uh, Final Destination, mm. how that scared you because it could potentially happen and then, you know, obviously it's had such an impact with the um, the log um, truck and yeah. people refuse to drive behind them. Um, and, like, I've seen people do some very, very uh, Fast and Furious type driving to get away from those ter- type <laughs> including myself, just absolutely fanging the I-30 to get away from them. But this one, um, I went on a family trip to Perth when I was, I'm going to say I was about 14, and my dad made the ingenious decision to drive there uh, because we're going to spend like three weeks. So dad's like, oh, we'll just drive and, you know, we can see the, you know, see the sites and, you know, travel the country and as a family, and it'll be so great. Except my dad, it was my dad, myself at 14 and my sister's eight years younger than me. So six years old. And luckily in the car, you know, uh, dad had six disc CD player. So Ah, uh, the old the old CD stacker in the car. That's, I remember yeah, that. We would, we would stack three of his and three of mine, um, and then uh, Kiana, my sister, would be in the back seat watching a DVD, um, and she'd just you know rotate the same three or four. She was a big fan of Barnyard, 
Over the Hedge. <laughs> and, I like Over the Hedge. That's yeah. a, that's a film that gets a lot of a lot it, of criticism as well. But I like that great. one. Um, but yeah, so we'd, we'd swap, and I don't know. I think Dad was like trying to save money on accommodation so that we could do like heaps of activities while we were there. Mm. So the first night we were there, like that we were on our way, we drove like from our house, we are living um, in the southeast of Melbourne and driving towards, you know, to Perth. We stopped, we went past Adelaide and ended up in Snowtown. Oh. Uh, now, my dad obviously knew the Snowtown situation. I at 14 did not. Was uh, that at the time that that was all happening? I don't think. I think it was but it was before, like it was after it had happened. I mean, talk about like bleak films. Like, Jesus well, oh, that, like and that's like that is a real thing that happened. So, yeah. Anyway, so we, he's like, oh, well, he tried to find a room at like a motel and they're like, no, nah, we're not taking anyone. So we had to sleep in the car on the uh, road near like um, a railway. And so like huge container trucks were going past the whole night. No one got any sleep. But, you know, the next day we stayed in a motel and the next day we had to sleep in the car again. And dad stopped at like a rest stop. And previously I had slept in the back seat of the car and not really gotten any sleep. So I thought if I slept in the boot, because my dad drove an X trail, so the boot was quite spacious. I thought maybe I'd get some sleep. Uh, absolutely not. Yeah, you creeped me up, bro. I'm gonna be honest. Like, this but, is a terrifying story. But, I, but I had watched Wolf Creek prior to going with my friends, and I was so scared that some man was gonna come around the back of the car, peer into the boot, because you like, you know, you're standing up, you can see down into the boot. I was so scared that someone was gonna come and see me and like attack me from in like outside and like my dad wasn't going to be fast enough to fight him off. So, like, <laughs> that movie just scared the crap out of me. And, like, again, since it's, like, loosely based on true events, like, or a real person, you know, that was so so scary, I just think, like, it had that element of, oh, my gosh, this could happen to us because we're travelling too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that one kind of shook me a bit. I know for a lot of people just think, like, you know, it's a bit, it's not that great of a movie. And I'm not saying, you know, it's it's here to win Oscars or anything, but it did have a bit of a lasting impression. That's a movie that when I watched at the time, because people were comparing it to Saw, they were like, it's as violent and creative as Saw. And I remember I watched and I found it to be a little, a little bit boring, like not not right. a bad movie, but a bit slow. Like when it was when it was firing on all cylinders, it was great. But when it was taking its time, it was a bit slow. Um, and I thought it was unfairly compared to Saw. I'm like, no, Saw's constantly doing interesting things. Um, but I actually haven't seen it since I watched it on DVD back in 2007 or whenever it was. So it probably is worth a rewatch. Um, but the scariest thing about that entire story was the fact that you stayed in Snowtown. Like that's. Well, uh, we, I didn't know about it until we came back and we spent some time with some family friends who then told us, like, was like, was like, I can't believe you stayed there and told me what had happened. And I was like, you let us stay in a murder town mm. in the most, like, rude teenager voice you could possibly imagine. <laughs> um, like, oh, my God, Dad, obviously you don't love or care about us at all. Like, you've just taken us on this, like, in, like interstate trip, but you hate us, obviously. Like, yeah. Well, um, that's funny. I know your sister, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just imagining a six-year-old Kiana. 
like <laughs> watching, it, watching her cartoons in the middle of Snowtown. That's uh, it. Jesus Christ, uh, that is terrifying. Uh, Andre, do you have any honourable mentions? Uh, yeah, I'm, I've got a couple. Like, I mean, Insidious again and Hereditary. Um, hereditary? Hereditary. Oh, hereditary. hereditary. Um, are on there. Um, but like, but one that I wanted to put on my list on, but but I didn't I didn't end up doing was uh, Mirrors. Oh, I've never seen Mirrors. You guys are bringing some great ones to my attention. I love the director of Mirrors, Alexandra Aja, who obviously did the Hills Have Eyes remake, and he did. He's done a bunch of really cool ones. He did Piranha, which is a really fun, silly movie. Um, but uh, Mirrors I haven't seen because obviously the rule in this house is no, no children, no spirits, no mirrors. Um, <laughs> and it feels like Mirrors is going to be just full of mirrors. Um, tell me a bit about that one. Yeah, yeah. So so um, because it's only an honorable mention, I'll keep, I'll keep it quite brief. Um, but, um, but, yeah, essentially, um, essentially this is burnt down um, – uh, burnt down uh, mall, we'll say, um, and uh, and there's a, and there's a lot of spirits trapped within like, within the mirrors of like, of that mall, um, and they and, and they want to get out, um, and and a main character gets a job like, as a night guard there, um, and and the mirrors start you know start start haunting them i start haunting him and they they eventually kill his sister um like you know every like everything's like an, a reflection if they have a reflection that they can get you it doesn't have to be a mirror it can like it can be the tv screen when, when the tv's off but your lights on like or even the reflection of water um like you know it devils with the aspect of what's of what's on the other side you know um and and it eventually eventually t- turns into a um a demonic presence that was trapped within the mirrors um from like from someone uh, suffering from uh, schizophrenia um and all all the spirits I want him in doing is like a, is trying to get out and back like and back to that body um so like, out of all the night guards and that that have been you know n- you know um uh working at that hall that they've been they've been trying to get them to find a woman called anoresica um but but she's hiding away in again in a monastery and she's you know 80 something years old it's a yeah it's it's just a it's just a really cool movie um again it kind of makes you wonder um what is on the other side of of a mirror and what could Mm. probably be watching back um, yeah, that sounds terrifying. Um, <laughs> um, I made I made Gabby watch it, like, and and she got through it all right. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, and the rule obviously on this show now is that if Gabby can handle it, anyone can. So, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, if you I'll try- watch it, basically get your kids to sit and watch it. Um, it's the same um, thing. I, I can't. Like, on a side, I can't wait to get Zoe into horror. Like, um, I, I'm. I'm tossing up whether I wait until she's age appropriate or do the bad dad thing and just show her the movie she wants to see before she's supposed to do it behind her mum's back. Um, her first her first movie ever was Logan. So um, yeah. she, she was an infant, so she won't retain much of it, but that was the first film she sat before. Um, but um, she has no concept of fear. Like she doesn't understand, like we've never made, like kind of said, oh, that's scary or, you know, you should be afraid of that. So at this point she has no concept of fear. So I could get her into horror, I suppose. <laughs> um, the, the last one I have uh, my honorable mentions. Like, look, it's not that much of a horror movie, but like the monster did scare the crap out of me. Like, as 
as a kid, but it's just so much fun. And that's the original Mummy movie with Brendan Fraser. Yes, of course. That's, yeah, absolutely. That movie um, was... Those Beatles, like, man. Oh, they, yeah. they, they were horrifying, but I feel like that was everyone's sexual awakening when that one came out. Brandon oh, Brendan Fra- Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Rachel Weisz, hello. Rachel Weisz, who looks completely different than she ever has in her life in that film. Like, right. I don't know whether it's the eyebrows or what it is. Yeah, the <laughs> eyebrows, I think, were a bit bit hate-going. But um, I didn't see The Mummy until I was in my – I would have been late 20s, early 30s when I saw The Mummy for the first time. I don't know how I missed it. I just never watched it until really, like, recently. Um, but it, that flick works. Like, it it, 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 it works like a charm. Like, it still it's holds up to day. So much fun. Like, it's a modern day, I guess it's not really modern anymore, but for its time it was like, oh, this is the next Indiana Jones film. Like, this is what we need. Um, it's a, it's great. Um, and I'm so glad that he's making a comeback now. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I didn't, like, I haven't seen the, the Mummy movie, um, the, the, the newer one with Tom Cruise. Um, apparently it's not that great. It, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm really going to give it a watch. That is a movie. Uh, I've talked about that film a lot on, the, on this show because it's it's not a bad film. Like it got raked over the coals when it came out, and I think unfairly so. Like it's not a bad movie. It's just you know it's just uh, very cookie cutter. Like it's exactly what you expect it to be. Like from those trailers, it doesn't do anything kind of interesting or unusual. Um, and Tom Cruise is just con- just trying to prove how young he is, even though he's not young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like yeah. he does that all the time. And I don't mind in Mission Impossible. It works for that. But it's like this is a different character. And I think, you know, if your whole fear, like his fear is being seen as old, isn't it more interesting that the guy who's afraid of dying is then given the opportunity to be immortal? Like there's a, there's a more interesting story to tell if you kind of lean into that more, which they don't do. Um, but it's fine. Like Jake Johnson is doing his best and he's quite entertaining to watch. Um and uh, you know, it's it's not awful, but it's not the Brendan Fraser film. It's a completely different movie. Yeah, right. Um, like and and yeah, like you said, Tom Cruise is getting old. Like he's 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 giving very deck chair vibes at this point. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before, but I love it. Um, nice one. Those are some some good honorable mentions and, and some solid lists. Um, and we made it through the tech issues. I was like, we're not going to get through this. Oh, stuff I'm so glad because I was like, me too, man. Look, I don't think Andre will mind me saying it. He was so excited. And when we potentially would have had to stop and, and try again, his, his poor little face, it was so sad. Well, I didn't want to either. I was like, oh, I hope we can do it because I like to get an episode out on time. But obviously I'm now at the point of like, look, if it takes a few more days, that's fine. But I was like, we had, we, we had such momentum at the start of the show. I was like, if this stops, we're going to have to like either redo that intro later as a different intro or try to recreate it and like i hate recreating been like oh this is the first time we're having this conversation yeah. <laughs> um, the vibe so, would be off like, hey do you remember uh, lord of the rings that was kind of cool yeah um, have you i don't know if you've ever talked about the music from lord of the rings before yeah. <laughs> um what a way to bring it bring it home that's a that's a good close uh we do have the halloween rapid fire to go through quickly um you guys as listeners will know these questions already so um they shouldn't really surprise you there's only a couple on there um, and they're mainly monster focused. So, Gabby and Andre, who is your favorite movie monster? Well, well, for me, um, I, I already mentioned it, but like, I could go, I could go lean forward for Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. Um, That's a cool monster. I like that one. <laughs> um, 
I will go with Count Dr- Dracula from Van Helsing. Ooh. That is an underrated flick. Um, I love that, that movie. That should have been my honorable mention. So much. That's a movie that also gets a lot of hate and it's um, un- like the only hate it can go away and they're not my friend. The only criticism I have of that film is that the CGI is rough. Like it is. But, but I mean, how old is it? I mean, even for its time, the CGI was rough. Really? Like, I mean, I just thought the concept was so cool and like yeah. I loved the the friar. He was so cute. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and um, all those vampire eggs gave me alien vibes. Like it just yes. reminded me of alien. Yeah, like there's some cool stuff for that. That's a cool monster. Uh, and Mike Wazowski obviously um, put that thing back where it came from. Also <laughs> helped me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can't go wrong with Billy Crystal. Um, nice one. Um, all right. Well, we'll change gear a little bit and just now I want to know your scariest movie monster. Mm. Yeah, like, like, look, I already, like, I already mentioned it, like, like at the start, but um, it it had to be the grudge for me, um, because I just can't, uh, no, nah, I can't mm. watch that movie again. I have to watch that film now and see, see how terrifying it is. Maybe it's because, of, like, because of how young I was. That'll um, do it. Like, that'll absolutely do it. But yeah, it definitely cemented cemented my fear of elongated limbs and and like long hair in front of someone's face, which is definitely definitely the, the monster that Mama is, which is probably why it scares the me. Yeah, long limbs is a weird one, but I agree with you. Like whenever I see some like unnaturally long limbs, I'm like, yep, that's well, that's gonna haunt me forever. Um, I would say oh, I had it and now it's gone. Is it going to be like Count Chocula from like the breakfast? No. Cereal? So scary because he's stealing all of our chocolate. Yep. Right. Um, like the hamburger. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, That's who I see in my version of mirrors. Yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> um. Voldemort. It's pretty scary. He's scary. scary. Yeah, he is. He's, he's definitely scary. And he's definitely well, actually same same universe. Aragog. I hate spiders, and a big big one like that that would put me seven feet under. I would dig my own grave. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting a, a Harry Potter pool, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like spiders, like he's probably like him and, and Shelob from Lord of the Rings play the two scariest spiders out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, I, even though they say, like, you know, friends of Hagrid, yeah, well, i got to feed my kids, so too bad. Um, yeah, and he has that, there's that line, I can't remember, I'm going to butcher it because I haven't read the book or seen the movie in such a long time. But it's like, I would, ha- I, how could I deny my children food that comes so willingly into our yeah. lair? It's like, Jesus Christ, you meant to, I don't know how many times I've invoked the Lord's name in vain this afternoon or this <laughs> evening, but uh, there's been a lot of spooky mentions and that's a terrifying line. Exactly. <laughs> like, that all, that all the weeping angels from, from Doctor Who, they were. Yes. Terrifying. Yes. Absolutely terrifying. Really creepy. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so glad you guys are going a different way with this. Like you mentioned ones that haven't been mentioned on the show yet. Um, all right, we mentioned Freddy vs. Jason before. If we're doing a Freddy vs. Jason type film, which of the monsters you want to see fight? Shit. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm trying not to pick somebody from my list. Hmm. Oh, 
I would like to see um, the monster or the beast from Split. Oh, uh, good pull. Against um, that, um, what's the snaky guy from Monsters, Inc.? Randall. Randall, yeah. That is the weirdest <laughs> matchup, <laughs> and I love it. I think it would be entertaining because he's like slimy and slithery, yes. but Beast is like fast, and and he could be like, "Oh no, that was Patricia." <laughs> <laughs> uh, only if one of his personalities is Roz. Yeah. Uh, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> I love Roz. <laughs> I feel fantastic. like every workplace has a Roz. And they, you know, whoever is idea to put a Roz in in that film, Chef's Kiss. Yeah, um, that is a matchup I never thought I'd hear, but I like it. And uh, good shout out to the Beast. That's a great character. Thank you. Um, look, I'm trying. I'm trying to nail it down, but but um, I think I think Pennywise. Um, good, good pull. Um, going, oh God, I've already, I, I've already forgotten it. Um, going, going up against, um, what's the movie called? Um, oh, I'm trying, uh, I lost it. I lost it. What's it about? No. <laughs> I just love that you just tried so hard to help you, like, just, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, damn it, I lost it. No, sorry, I screwed it. That's okay. There's no uh, there's no wrong answers. Pennywise uh, can fight himself. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a cool matchup. <laughs> Damn. That's okay. No problem. Like some people don't even answer all the questions, so don't stress. Um, Pennywise in any fight is still very, very cool. If you think of before the end, you you let me know. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to the last question. Now, obviously, as franchises go on, um, they get sillier and more ridiculous, and we often see monsters in space or in Hawaii or in the future. So I want to know which monster do you want to see in one of those settings? Hmm. Who are we shooting to space? Or we shoot them to Hawaii or we send them into the future? I uh, threw a bunch of zombies in Hawaii. I thought that would be fun. Um, that's what I did in my episode. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry. I, 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 I just remember it. Um, yes. Sorry. Pennywise versus Ghost Rider. I, I, I actually yes. That is great. <laughs> that's that, solid. That's Nick Cage, right? Hey. Is that Nick Cage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay. Cool. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a good matchup. I would like to see that one. Yes. I would love to see a, like a, a modern day Ghost Rider remake. Um, not, not that Nick Cage did like a bad job, but like I feel like he didn't. Like he wasn't really that right for the character. No, but that character's coming back. Like we're gonna see Ghost Rider in the next few years, I'm sure of it. I hope so. But yeah. Um, That's a cool matchup. I'm glad you remembered. Uh, <laughs> Annabelle to Hawaii. Because <laughs> I feel like that would just be weird. No, I like it. And also, like, of those those Conjuring films are so dark, darkly lit. Like, not as... Yeah, that's what I mean. Dark. Like, how are you going to make Hawaii scary? Like, it's beautiful. Mm. How do you make somewhere beautiful so scary? Like, I mean, to be fair, one of Andre's movies said, like, they're going to Switzerland for a hike. Like, Switzerland, 
if you've ever been um the where people would go for hikes I'm assuming like in the mountains it's gorgeous so like it looks like a postcard but I guess because it's a bit isolated that that helps with the scariness of it but Hawaii like all the parts that I've seen of it and I've never been so I mean parts on movies and you know uh tv shows um it just looks so like nice and sunny and summery and lovely so no great absolutely and i'm just like also where is it what's what's that movie um forgetting sarah marshall like annabelle wouldn't be there well i mean somebody i guess sarah marshall wasn't much like annabelle and she was a true true monster (laughs) um that's a great flick as well but no i like that i like annabelle in hawaii i'm down with that you got to bring us home now, Andre. No wrong answers. Um, where are you sending your monster and what monster is it? To... In the space, Hawaii or the future? Well, I'd like... I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to see how um, the monster from Jeepers Creepers um, like to tie in like in, in the future because I don't know how many stocks of corn fields they'll have in like 3022. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeepers Creepers in like the world of Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. This is this thing walking around in a like in a giant trench coat and a hat, like trying to pick up un- unwilling teenagers and like bring them back to what used to be a barnyard. <laughs> That's solid. I like it. What's this old relic? Are you talking about me? No. <laughs> no. Solid joke. Um, nice one. That is it. You have survived the Halloween episode and, and the, episode, the episode in general. Um, Andre, your debut on the show, and obviously you'll be welcome back as many times as you want because you're a fantastic guest. Yay! So, <laughs> we're all about making dreams come true here at the show. Um, this you... <laughs> sounds like he's on like the Make a Wish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I am a big believer in make a wish, but if your wish is to come on my show, then stream a bit bigger, guys. Like <laughs> anyone can get on this show. Um, fantastic. Well, thank you both for coming on. Did you have anything that you want to share or, or send out into the world before we wrap everything up? Um, oh, I just wanted to uh, share support of um, your American friend's fan movie yeah we do need to do that uh we don't need to but we're going to do that so obviously uh we had harley and tyler on a few weeks ago this their campaign their indiegogo campaign ends in a couple of days um i think it ends on november 1st if i remember correctly november 1st in the us uh not in australia so you got a little bit more time to donate uh so you can support them by following scream the fan favor on instagram you can follow harley um bronwyn and tyler hans on instagram as well uh, if you go to indiegogo.com and just type in Scream the Fan Favourite, um, even five bucks makes a huge difference. So please support them. They're very lovely and they're doing a really cool thing. They're making a movie, which is what we love on this show. So go give them a, a like, a support, and, and maybe a couple of bucks as well. Um, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the show. Uh, thank you again to both Gabby and Andre for coming on and talking about horror films. I had a lot of fun. And as I said, they're both welcome back anytime. Uh, But in the meantime, I want to remind you all that I was a teenage film snob, but I'm trying to be better. We'll see you next week. Bye.